Welcome along to this uh, special edition of High Ground this Friday night. No Friday night footy, of course, because, look, we do have the small matter of the NRL Grand Final, so we've got a special Grand Final edition of the show. Jules with you through until 9 o'clock tonight. Thank you to my great friends, Sugar and Socky, and it's great to have your company wherever you tuned in on SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ 693 in Brisbane, SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. Happy to say good evening to our friends north of the Tweed and via the SEN app. The open line number, it's open for business the next three hours, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. I want to get your thoughts on the grand final. Keep those tips coming through. Your Clive Churchill medal winners coming through. Margins, first try scores, the rest of it. It is an all in tonight for grand final Sunday. We've got a huge show ahead too. Joining me this evening. I'll catch up with Panthers legend Steve Carter. I've got his memories of 1991. And, and, you know, for a man that lives and breathes Penrith, he's a wiring boy, I think, originally, Steve Carter. Just get his thoughts on on why this team is so good. Eels legend Steve the Zip Zip Man Ella. A nicer bloke in rugby league you wouldn't meet. He's up Central Coastway now, Steve Ella. I'll get his thoughts on the Parramatta side. Talks about grand final Droughts, 36 years and counting. They hope to end that on Sunday. Anthony Seabold, Steve's is going to jump on the blower as well, give us a, a coaching perspective, uh, an analytical look at the two teams and how both Penrith and Parramatta could win this game on Sunday. And our good friend Mary Kay from Ladies of League will be along as well to examine this NRLW grand final between the Knights and the Eels. Who saw that coming at the start of the second NRLW season? Not many. Not many, and it's a good time to be a blue and gold supporter. And in the next hour of the program, now this is going to be huge. I don't get enough time generally when I'm on later at night, sort of kicking off at 10, to run a quiz. So tonight from 7, so keep your ears tuned, I will run a special high ground grand final quiz. So don't go anywhere. It's going to be a last man or woman standing. Uh, you know what? I've, I've had a look at the prize cupboard. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, some Makita prize pack. We've got some merchandise, some ream stuff. Some, we'll, we'll chuck something together. We'll wrap it in a bow, and that'll go out to the winner. I'm not going to make it easy for you, though. Not going to make it easy. I did give a little teaser on the run home with Joel and Sock. Who won the 2011 Clive Churchill medal? That will be one of the questions, but it's not the first one. So if you get to the back end of the 10, then you might be a chance. How's everyone feeling, by the way? How's everyone feeling? Only two more sleeps. I want to get your tip. As I said, your margin, your first try scorer, Clive Churchill medals throughout the course of the evening. And just your general thoughts. Who do you want to win and why? Are you on the Panthers bandwagon or are you jumping on the heels? I've got to say, from the neutral perspective, I think they're leading more in Parramatta. You know, I've, I've nailed my colours to the master. Regular listeners know I'm a Dragons man, but I live in the region. As I see the great Timmy Manor waltzing around in the studio. Our lady, you, Timbo. He's very excited. He's very Timbo. I think his hair's growing back. He looks about 11 years younger. 11 years younger. Now, just running through the team list for the big game on Sunday. Penrith, Dylan Edwards is the fullback. The wingers, Charlie Staines and Bryant To'o. Isaac Tungo, Stephen Crichton are the centres. Jerome Luai is the 5'8". Nathan Cleary is halfback and co-captain. In the front row, Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris and Appy Coruscant. Tigers bound is the hooker. The second row is Viliami Kiko, Liam Martin, and the lock is Isaiah Yo. And on the bench, Mitch Kenny, 
And I have a feeling Appy's going to start. We've seen Mitch start the past few weeks. Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu, who's been cleared after that high shot from Tane Mill, and Jamin Salmon. Now for the Parramatta side, uh, the captain, the fullback, Clint Gutherson. On the wing, Mike Acevo and Wonga Blake. Will Penasini is in the centres along with Bailey Simonson. Of course, Tom Opacek, sadly for him, has been ruled out of his clash. Dylan Brown, the 5'8". Mitchell Moses, the halfback of both of them, have been in stellar form. The front row, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Polo with a hooker, Reid Marty, in what will be his last game for the club. Sean Lane, Isaiah Papali and Ryan Madison. Uh, the back row, the interchange, we've got Nathan Brown. Isn't this a nice comeback story too? And a man dropped in the toll, he had to go elsewhere. It was free to look elsewhere. And this week he had to play down this talk of a rift between him and coach Brad Arthur. But clearly Brad wants a bit more grunt in the engine room because you know that Gregan and Junior Barlow play big minutes. So he's in the number 14. His son, Jake Arthur, in the 15. Oregon, Kafusi and Murata Niakore. In the reserves, the 18th man for Penrith, Sean O'Sullivan. The 18th man for the Parramatta side is Bryce Cartwright. That text line number 0457 736 736. Isn't it funny? I always say, if, if there's not a fuse lit, is it really grand final week? If there's not a, a war of words or a talk of unfinished business, is it really grand final week? You know, it's not an origin build-up unless there's some kind of flu or stomach bug that runs through the camp. It's the same goes to the grand final week. Wide world of sports. Penrith 5'8", Jerome Luai has, quote-unquote, lit the fuse with a sledge ahead of Sunday's NRL decider against Parramatta. So the overwhelming favourites are Panthers. They go into it, I think, $1.35 last I saw with the bookies to become the first club in history to win all four grades. So the Panthers won SG ball, Jersey flag, New South Wales Cup. And now they are on the cusp, Penrith, of being uh, the first team to complete a clean sweep in rugby league's 113-year history. But such dominance, they're saying, is, is a change to the dynamics in... We've heard this term a lot this week, rugby league's heartland, that being Sydney's West. And it's always been sort of big brother, little brother, that relationship. And I'll ask Steve Eller about this, how he viewed Penrith, and I'll ask Steve Carter the same question. But now it's, it's, it's like you're seeing that imbalance, if for want of a better word, redressed. So the Panthers are the team to beat. They've stolen that mantle. And then when asked about it, in an article with Michael Chambers, the Sydney Morning Herald, this is what he said, Jerome Luai, you can call us daddy. You can call us daddy. They're, them's fighting words. Them's fighting words. We're both Western Sydney, but our team has been together for a long time, played a lot of footy. But he makes, I think, a not unreasonable point. He says, I think we're homegrown. We represent our people. Western Sydney's our home, and every time we put this jersey on, we represent our home, and, and on and on he goes. But this is a great stat. Local juniors will make up more than half the Panthers' side that will run out on Sunday. 14 of the 17 made their NRL debut for the club. How's that for attention? In contrast, you've got Parramatta, six local juniors in their team. Only three have spent their entire career at the club. Brian Tott, or double down on that, talking about how things have changed dynamically, demographically. He says there aren't that many kids coming through the Parramatta system that are from the West. The majority of the people that are in Parramatta come from other countries or other parts of New South Wales or even Penrith. Where, where, did, where did Will Penasini say the divide was? And I think that's up for debate. Around about Quakers Hill, that was kind of the border. But you think about those two gentlemen, Jerome Luai, Brian Tuttle, Stephen Crichton's another one that gets mentioned, the Mount Druitt connection, Taylor May, Isaac Tungle, they've come through this year. Phenomenal stats, statistically one of the greatest teams in history, Penrith, 66 of 78 games have won over the past three years. 
Uh, are they are, are they one of the best teams in the modern era? Even though, yes, three grand finals. Even if they lose on Sunday, do they still go down as one of the best teams? But do you reckon what Lou I said? Do you reckon that's added motivation for the Parramatta side? Will it be? Oh, I don't think so. I'd, oh, look, I'd be disappointed in Jerome Luai if he didn't represent. Certainly there's been a huge demographic shift since the last time the Eels won the comp in 1986. What I do know is this. Their membership's strong. Their junior pathways are strong without question. But I think Parramatta do have a larger and more broad supporter base than Penrith. And then we've got this beauty from Brent Reid in the Telegraph about this history between Mitch Moses and Ivan Cleary. And you know how Ivan was at the Tigers? Get on the bus. And he chucked, he chucked Mitch Moses off the bus. You know, has that added fuel for Mitchell Moses? He's taken on the best number seven in the game at the moment. In Nathan Cleary. But he's, he's found another level, Mitchell Moses. And that was always a knock, wasn't it? He looked flashy. He looked flashy. But it was he the sort of guy that would get him over the line. Want to get your thoughts... On the big, I won't say big dance, we're putting a ban on that term in this program. You're not allowed to say big dance. On the big game, the grand final between Penrith and Parramatta, the Battle of the West, Sunday at a court stadium. Well, a man who's run the rule over both of these sides, he's one of the best analysts of the game, part of the family here at SEN. I'll speak of Anthony Seabold. He's on the line right now. Evening, Seabs. Hi, Julian. How are you? Very well. Uh, I should apologise for dragging you away from Friday night beers, mate, so I, I thank you uh, in advance. But, uh, you know, this is a beauty in Penrith and Parramatta. They've played three times this year. It's two to Parra, one to Penrith, albeit one with, you know, predominantly 12 men in which they won at Combank Stadium. But they're, they're two sides that, that match up well with each other. Yeah, they do. I think if you look at all three games, um, you know, they've been um, really good contests. I know, I know the Parramatta Eels got away to a really good lead in the first half when Nathan Cleary got sent off. But if you look at the second half, one of the things that Penrith did really well was, I suppose, uh, correct themselves at halftime with 12 men and come out with a strategy to try and, I suppose, um, you know, take the you know, the advantage that Parramatta had away from them. So, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why they're a champion team. Penrith, I think you looked at, um, South Sydney getting a, a fast start last week and, and there were some decisions went, on, went against the Penrith Panthers but they just hung in and I suppose they, they're, they're really resilient type of, of team and um, that's probably why they're, they're, they're such a champion team over the last couple of years. They just Their patience with the ball, seems just it's, it's mind-blowing. Oh, is that something you coach or how long does it take to, I guess, instill that into a football side? I think one of the competitive advantages that Penrith Panthers have, Julian, is the cohesion they've built over a long period of time. But there's a really good chunk of players who have played um, not only junior grades, but also, you know, New South Wales Cup together and, and now first grade over the last three seasons. And, you, know, you talk about Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai. You know, when you talk to, to Ivan Cleary, like, he remembers them playing against each other and playing with each other at under-16 level. And um, I think, you know, you build a lot of trust and, as I said, cohesion and connection, um, you know, through those... Yeah, you know, through through that period or through those years of, of playing together and playing against each other and so on. So I reckon that's one of the reasons why they're so crisp with their, their passing game. There's a lot of cohesion there. There's a lot of players who have played together coming through the lower grades. And that's full credit to Matt Cameron, to Phil Gould when he was in his role there. Um, and obviously Ivan Cleary in recent years as well. But, um, yeah, you can see with their lower grades, there's, there's more coming, Julian. Mm-hmm. Now, they've won the New South Wales Cup. They've won the Jersey flag. They've won the SU ball. So... 
fantastic pathway. It's frightening. You know, I hear this term applied to Penrith a lot. Uh, that being bodies in motion, just for the benefit of our listeners, Seeps, can you explain that to them and why Penrith do it so well? Yeah, what that looks like, Julian, is push support. So one of the one of the things when you've got bodies in motion with push support, instead of a, a three-man tackle, it actually can be a two-man tackle or a one-on-one tackle because what happens is the other defenders have to be aware of the, the extra attacker that, that Penrith had pushing up and support on an outside shoulder or an inside shoulder. So uh, you don't understand the importance of getting two-man tackles and one-man tackles. It's a quicker play the ball. So guys like Abby Corrissau can get our parcel markers, they can bring Jerome Luai and they can clear on the ball. And that sets, that sets their sets up, so to speak. So, um, and it doesn't take talent. It doesn't take skill to push support and have your, you know, your, you know, be in motion. It takes an effort. And I think that's where Penrith are um, above the, the other teams in the competition, the effort area um, part of the, the game. And what about the metres, the big metres from their back three with, um, you know, the likes of Brian Toto and Dylan Edwards, just two guys that are getting 200-plus metres every week. Uh, how is that so integral to their game plan, Seeps? Well, Brian Toto, look, one of the things, if I'm coaching Parramatta, I would, I would say that Mike Mitchell Moses and uh, Reid Miner kick early. So kick on tackle three, kick on tackle four, because Brian Toto and Charlie Staines won't be in the backfield. Um, Dylan Edwards will be isolated by himself. And in the first half, in, the, in week one of the finals, when it was 6 all um, going into halftime, and I think it was 7-6 and halftime with, with nothing clear his field goal, one of the things that Parramatta did well was kick on tackle four. And what you do is you isolate Dylan Edwards. Brian Torhu makes so many metres with what coaches call a plus one carry. So imagine Brian Torhu getting a pass from dummy half in the backfield and just running with great intent. But when he has to go to dummy half, he's nowhere near as effective. And when you kick a bit earlier, it means Brian Torhu has to get behind the ball and get the dummy half rather than Jerome Luai or an open Cleary, one of those players. So I think um, if you want to take some metres away from those guys, kick a little bit earlier... And it means that the forwards of Penrith have to get them on the ball, work a little bit hard to get them on the ball. And it's easier said than done, there's no doubt about that. But I think at times, uh, teams have had a little bit of joy for periods of the game against Penrith, like kicked early and isolated Dylan. And I think about Isaiah, you know, how he's, he's very much a focal point of their attack, isn't he? He's a hard runner, but he plays the ball. He's a really good ball player. Because he's such an attacking threat, it, it allows the likes of Cleary and Luan, these halves, to play a bit wider. Uh, how do you, you neutralise the Isaiah Yo threat? Yeah, so how you neutralise it, because you're 100% right. What it means is, there's nothing Cleary or Jerome Luan can stand the stand one hole wider. So what you've got to do is you've got to put inside pressure from Marker. So you've got to make Isaiah Yo play a little bit earlier than what he wants. And if he plays a little bit earlier than what he wants, it means the edges can stay connected. So it's, again, it's a, it's a change of pace from Marker, making uh, Yo play that little bit earlier. Because why they use the, the number 13 and Isaiah Yo as a ball player, it means that Jerome Luai or Nathan Cleary can, or Dylan Edwards can stand on a short side. And it means two halves or two ball players can go on the long side. So you, you've really got um, a couple of different focal points. And that's what Isaiah Yo brings. That's what Cameron Murray brings to South City. That's what Victor Bradley brings to the Roosters. Not every team has that ball playing back, uh, you know, number 13 or back rower. Um, but he's a real weapon because he digs all the way into the line. So if I'm coaching power, again, you're talking about inside pressure making you play a little bit earlier. Yeah, I like the way Parramatta plays football, Seves. Their wingers stand wide, don't they, and rely on the grunt of their of their engine room, their forward pack, and that second phase play. And a lot of outside in plays, they tend to go from sideline to sideline. 
Yeah, they, they do. I think one of the things that um, they do exceptionally well is that the wingers hold hold their, their width. Um, so they're, they're right on the chalk. So, you know, Sivo or Wonga Blake, they're right on the chalk. And what it does, it actually, you know, instead of the Penrith Panthers sort of thinking, okay, we can compress our defensive line here, they actually have to pull off the ball a little bit. And what that does is it allows Gina Palo, Wigan Campbell Gillard, Ryan Madison, those types of players actually play through. So it's almost a little bit of a mirage, mate, uh, how they do that. But then if they want to shift the ball, well, then they're, they're holding this book and, and they've got opportunities to, to play with a little bit of width. So for this Parramatta side, if they are to cause the upset, uh, what do they need to get right? Who needs to start? Well, I think they need a fast start. And I think they'll come out of the blocks well. I think, you know, Junior Palo, Campbell Gillard, you know, those guys, I think, will come out of the blocks and they'll try and put Penrith off their game. That's the way they need to try and suppose, give themselves an opportunity. Who needs to start? I think Mitchell Moses needs to start. Um, I think he's got a great kicking game. He's got a really good running game. I think Dylan Brown, again, um, you know, the big forwards will create some, some time and space for Dylan Brown. When he's most effective is when he takes the line on. Um, but like I said, I think they need to kick a little bit earlier so on average is isolated. I think the other thing is they need to... Um, to, to offload the ball. You know, Penrith have got great structured defence. Now, Cameron Sorrell has done a fantastic job over the last couple of years. And I think what they need to do is they need to offload the ball, create some second phase, and then change their angles. That's one way you can, I suppose, put some fatigue in the Penrith Panthers. So, that's an instability in their defensive line. Do you like the addition of Nathan Brown on the bench? What does that say about Brad Arthur and, and how he intends to use him? Yeah, I like Nathan Brown as a player. I think um, he's a very aggressive player um, on both sides of the ball. I think, you know, they probably see Nathan Brown as a player who can probably upset some of the forwards in the panel camp. Well, he's really aggressive. He's really abrasive. So, you know, I think that's a really good move. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, if there's an advantage to have, it might be when Fisher-Harris or um, Moses Leota go uh, and have a break. And I think they see Nathan Brown as someone who can probably upset that middle third um, and during the middle third of the game, or that middle period of the game. Uh, is the weather going to be a factor here, Anthony? Oh, look, the, the weather reports are that you know, we won't have rain from 7.30 on Sunday night. But, um, look, I think if there's an advantage for any team, it's probably Penrith, just mm. because of their defensive line speed. I think if, when you're trying to play side-to-side footy, um, you know, line speed sort of you know, puts pressure. It takes time and space away from the attacking player. So if it does rain, it probably... Works in the advantage of Penrith because of their lines and they can clear his kitchen gun. But, um, yeah, from all reports, it'll fine up on Sunday evening. Uh, hopefully we see that. Okay, mate, uh, before we let you go, uh, you probably even asked this, but let's get it off you again. A, a tip and a Clive Churchill medalist. Yeah, look, I think Penrith will win. I do, and I, I said it earlier in the week with Matty White in the morning show there. I think I think Penrith will win by 10, and I think Dylan Roberts will get the Clive Churchill. I think he's been... Um, super consistent. He's been outstanding in the team full of stars. Um, it's probably un- unheralded too, Julian. So, yeah, I think um, I think he'll have a big game on Sunday evening. Hey, I tip Penrith by 10. Great minds think alike. Thank you, mate. I'll let you, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, thanks for taking some time out your Friday night to chat on high ground. Good on you, Julian. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Yeah, there he's Anthony Seabold, a lovely fella and very good with his time. But that's fascinating what he said. You know, if you're Parramatta... What you try and do is kick early, isolate Dylan Edwards. You know, you'd probably test top under the high ball, but what you want to do is get him sort of running out of dummy half and not getting that first pass away and it neutralise a lot of their attacking threat coming off their own line. And, you know, Isaiah Yo is such a, a focal point of their attack from Mark, a pressure him. 
get the markets to pressure him, move up on him quickly, and it forces the likes of Cleary and Luai to stand a bit closer. But it's inter- interesting what he said about Parramatta. So the wingers basically, they, they hug the touchline. So it keeps the outside backs of Penrith standing wide to mark him. So you can go left, go right, and you can get a bit of inside ball. And, you know, those wide runners like your Sean Lanes and your Papalitis, if they can just sort of get one-on-one and get those offloads going off the back of some quick ball by their, their front rowers, well, that's a way to disrupt them. They're going to have to come out the blocks early. They're, they're probably the best front-running side in the comp, Parramatta. But Penrith, they just don't panic. They're so patient. And they just do everything right. He said, the stuff that doesn't take talent. The stuff that doesn't take talent. All the one percenters, for want of a better term. And Penrith just do that better than anyone in the comp. 0457 736 736. I want to get your thoughts on the grand final, your tips by how many, who do you like, who are you going for and why? And uh, what do you do on a grand final Sunday? You got your meal planned? You know, in the Super Bowl, chicken wings are the most popular form of food. It's the most popular item on the menu. And that's the thing, when you sit down and you're watching grand final origin, I, I, you know, you don't want a plate on your lap eating a, a risotto or a pasta. It's something you can hold in your hand, like a Chico roll, although I've never had a Chico roll, but... You know, like a soft taco or a couple of chicken wings. Beautiful. Roast chicken and chips. Anything along those lines. Grand final dinners. Want to get yours as well. We just mentioned there the weather. Uh, the weather for grand final day. Top of 18. Partly cloudy. Now, high chance of showers. They said morning and afternoon light winds. But as Anthony Seabold has told, told us there, uh, by 7.30 by kickoff time, uh, they're not expecting any more rain. And further to that, too, with a bit of breeze, hopefully it just takes off some of that surface water. And we do get... Uh, something more resembling dry weather football because I tell you what, they're both going to turn it on, these teams. 0457 736 736. Just before we get to the first break, I was talking about, you know, subplots and, and these sorts of little narratives that accompany all the chat in grand final week. And, you know, Jerome Lewi, I said, is it a grand final week if you, if you don't light a fuse? Or if you don't start a war of words? So Lewi says, you know, we're the real team of the West now because look at all our local juniors. You know, 14 of the 17 actually debuted in the Panthers, not the same for Penrith. We're the real Westies. So that's what he said. And then Mitchell Moses, you know, there's talk about him having a a point to prove when Ivan Cleary was in charge of the Tigers. And Moses was told, yeah, mate, you can can leave. It's fine. We don't want you. And left a bit bit of taste in the mouth of the Eels halfback. He was was ropeable at the time. And he told the News Corp papers at the end of 2017 he was heartbroken. And he sat down with, at a meeting with Cleary and former Tigers football manager Kelly Egan. So they had an extension offer on the table and they pulled it off. The Parramatta came and said, thank you, we'll have it. But, you know, he's, he's a Tigers man, Mitch Moses. Now there's talk about, you know, the dream halves pairing of Moses and Munster. That'll never happen. But he went on to say, it ripped my heart out what they did. I didn't see a point in staying there if they didn't see a future with me after they pulled my deal. If someone comes into your work and says, look, we don't need you anymore, you're not going to feel welcome. And it was actually Bernie Gurr, the chief executive of Parramatta, who decided to reach out to the Moses camp. You'd have to say now, after a number of years there and into a grand final, his first grand final, Parramatta's first grand final since 2009, well, it was a masterstroke by Bernie Gurr. Because in Mitchell Moses, he he saw an abundantly talented footballer, but somebody that could help them hold aloft the trophy once he just sort of ironed out some of the kinks in his game. Very smart player, strong kicking game. Because do you remember back at the time it was Ivan talking about wanting to drag Nathan over the club? Well, two out of one doesn't go. So is that added motivation, motivation for Mitch Moses when he plays Ivan and Nathan on Sunday night? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, do you buy into this whole added mo- motivation stuff? I don't really, I've got to say. 
You know, do you think the Eels in their grand final week are talking about, oh, this 36-year drought? I guarantee you it is not coming up in conversation. It's only us in the media because we need something to talk about. But honestly, it, it's as boring as sticking to your processes. It, as Brandy would say, you don't change what works. It's work for your year and you play for your mates. 0457 736 736, the text line number. We're up and running. A special grand final edition this Friday night on SEN. You're on high ground. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, welcome to this special edition of Higher Ground, a special grand final edition of Higher Ground this Friday night. It's weird, isn't it? No Friday night footy for the first time, really, the entire season. It's funny. It's almost excruciating the build-up to the decider. You know what it's like? It's like you, you get pay-per-view for a heavyweight title fight. And then you look at the undercard, you watch a couple, but you just, you're itching for it. It's almost unbearable. And you go, oh, it's another undercard. Here we go. Here, another one. It's nothing to do. Nothing to do. So you're stuck with me Friday night, 0457 736 736, the text line number. The open line number, I'm all ears. Uh, what are you doing for grand final day? Tell me what your plans are. Where are you watching the game? Are you going to any live sites? I'll run through those details for you shortly. And what's on the grand final menu? What's on the grand final? So these are the important discussions that we have on high ground. What are you eating? What are you drinking? You're having a bit of a get-together. You're going to someone's house. You're holding a little shindig of your own. You've got people coming over. And who do you want to win and why? Give me predictions. Clive Churchill medalist and the rest of it. Now, stick around because after 7 o'clock Eastern time, so just to tick over half an hour's time, I'm going to run through our extravaganza, our grand final quiz. We've got a great prize up for grabs. We've rated the prize cover. I've sent Adam out. He's just pulling together. We've got some polos and some T-shirts and some Makita merchandise, some hats and some little keep cups and the rest of it. So we'll chuck a whole bunch of stuff in for you for the winner. It's the last man or woman standing. So a grand final quiz. I can tell you one of the questions is this. Who won the 2011 Clive Churchill medal? There's a little teaser. It is not the first question, but we'll do that. We'll have a bit of fun, so don't forget to jump on the blower after 7 o'clock to book your place on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. In the next hour, I'm going to catch up with the uh, legend, the Zip Zip Man, Steve Ella, part of that great Parramatta dynasty from the 80s. I mean, it's quite incredible. They won 82, 81, 82, 83. They lost 84, and then they won again in 86. So four grand finals. Five grand finals, I should say, in six years. Quite incredible. Quite incredible. Wouldn't they love to repeat it? And on that text line, this is from 649. He says, let's not get carried away. If Penrith lose Sunday, that's one grand final win out of three. Look, the fact that you made three grand finals is pretty decent, right? So Manly did it in the 90s. They won one. The Roosters did it in the early 90s. They won one. Yeah, okay, they won only one out of three. 33%. But I don't think it diminishes any great capacity, the fact that they were great sides. Because if you're making three grand finals in a row, you're doing something right and you are head and shoulders above just about everybody else in the competition. Win, lose or draw. And it's interesting you mentioned that, 649. Because my column today on ecn.com.au, the third grand final hoodoo, right? So much has been made of of Parramatta's premiership drought, which a blue and gold faithful will, will hope doesn't extend into a 37th year. So the great Parramatta side of the 80s, five grand finals in six years. They won four times and the hat-trick from 81, 83. And then Kenny, I mean, Bert, a double in three consecutive grand finals. I doubt that'll be done again. So from that point on, unfortunately for Parramatta, it's been slim pickings. As you know, they went into the, the 2001 decider as favourites off the back of under Brian Smith's reign, one of the most dominant seasons in rugby league history, only to succumb to some Andrew Johns and, and Ben Kennedy magic. 
And then in 09, they rode an unlikely wave of momentum all the way to the big one, where they're, they're eventually stopped by a dominant Melbourne Storm side, who, as you know, were later stripped of the premiership due to salary cap breaches. So now Sunday, Parramatta meet the might of the Panthers into, as we've been discussing, their third consecutive decider, who statistically, Penrith, have been one of the best-performed teams of all time. But Savvy Eels fans, I reckon, would have noticed that the last time a team won their third consecutive grand final was Parramatta, 1983. Is that long ago? So it seems that this third grand final is somewhat of a hoodoo for footy teams. Melbourne Storm, third consecutive grand final, 2018. Dropped it to the Roosters. 2008, another time they made three in a row, got pumped by Manly in the Cameron Smithless grand final. Roosters went down to the Bulldogs in 04. So they beat the Warriors. They dropped 03 to Penrith. Of course, the famous Sats tackle. Haven't we seen that this week? Then they lose to the Bulldogs in 04. Then 1997, I mentioned Manly. Well, they beat... They lost to the Dogs in 95. They beat the Dragons in 96 and then got done by some Darren Albert magic in the dying seconds in 1997. Then you think about Canberra. Beat Balmain 89, Penrith 90. They fell to the Panthers the following year. And then the Bulldogs, 84, 85, 86. Beat Parra 84, the Dragons 85. And then the Trialist Grand Final, 1986. They go down to the Eels. So I'm just saying, you're right. Let's not carry it away, 4-6-9. If Penrith lose Sunday, that's one grand final win out of three. Impressive that they get there, but I tell you, Parramatta supporters are going to be hoping that trend continues Sunday night. 0457-736-736. I think it's the 81 grand final up on screen at the boat. I love those yellow jerseys with the stripes down the shoulders. Seen a few of those roaming around Church Street this week. I can tell you that much. Penrith, Penrith, Penrith. That's all this station talks about. You've lost... My listening ears, I'm switching off. 649. If, if anything, you know what, should we go to the logger tape 649? I've probably spent more time talking about Parramatta. If you heard my discussion with Anthony Seabold, we talked more about Parramatta's tactics than we did about Penrith. So I think your ears might deceive you. But if you're listening, thank you for sticking around. If you're not, well, if one of 649's friends are listening, uh, give them a bell, tell them to tune back in and to ring after seven to play the great grand final quiz. The open line number, 1300 The text line, 0457 736 736. So just recapping the great quiz coming up in about half an hour's time here on the program. Got to catch up with Steve Ella, Zip Zip Man, who's on my screen before me. Grand final hero for the Parramatta Eels. Steve Carter, who's the most capped Panthers player in history. Tell her in 48 games he's played Steve Carter. And, of course, played in the 1990 and 1991 deciders for Penrith. He'll join me as well. And Mary Kay, our good friend, to have a look at the NRLW Grand Final between the Knights and the Eels. So a big weekend for Parramatta fans. Keep those texts coming in to 763 and the rest of them. I'll get to those after a break. You're on high ground. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Great to have your company wherever you're tuning in this Friday night, a special grand final edition of High Ground. Jules with you, 0457 736 736 is the text line number. And the open line, 1300 1170 now. Just keep in mind, I've got some prizes to give away. Going to do a bumper grand final quiz in the next hour, so make sure you jump on that open line after seven and have a crack at those prizes. I'm just having a look here. I've done nine and I want ten. I might even do a few more if we're going well. I'll test you. Some will be gettable, some will be hard. 
And I did say, I just gave you a, a slight teaser. One of the questions will be who won the 2011 Clive Churchill Medal? So you can just Google that in the break. I can't stop you. So if you are about when that question comes up, you have no excuse for not getting it right. No excuse for not getting it right. There's a Hollywood Hartley. Looking young, stumpy. Nice head of hair too, Hollywood. Is, uh, is that Gus, is it? Gus taking a kick for touch. Beautiful, thick, red mane, Phil Gould. I remember when he was playing at South City, it was Craig Coleman even said, you know, he, he was just smart. You go to Gus for advice, he was he was that clever. One of our great coaches. So one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the quiz in the next hour. And Steve Eller, the great Steve Eller, will be my guest on the program. Now I want your tips tonight, your tips and your Clive Churchill medalists, so keep those flowing through. And tell us what you're gonna eat. What's on the menu for the grand final? Where are you gonna be? Where are you watching it? And who are you going for and why? Uh Gaza, with gentle effect. Good evening to you. My margin, Penrith by seven. First try, Steve Crichton. Clive Churchill, Nathan Cleary. You know, big surprise. You know, what's it about odd numbers? I think Sugar likes an odd number. I think Jimmy Smith likes an odd number too. He said a lot in origin predictions, don't you? It'll be a 21-18. Are we likely to see a field goal? Maybe, maybe not. I'll say more likely we're not going to. Maybe we're getting a bit fancy with our tips. Yeah, I like Penrith by 10. I've got Will Penasini as my first try scorer. I think they'll try and come out of the blocks early, Parramatta. And we might see what we saw against... Canberra that Friday night at Combank Stadium. They blew the green machine off the park, but you actually saw from time to time Dylan Edwards swing around to the right side of the ruck and feed Will Penasini. So they might try and mix it up, try and disrupt this outstanding Panthers defence. So I've got Penasini first try scorer. So I, I envision a game where Paris start well, but then eventually Penrith will get them. And I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see the Eels win. I'd love to see the Eels win. So thank you. Gaza, with gentle effect. Uh, Paramat, hello to you, my friend. How are you feeling, mate? You nervous? Good work, Kingy. Could I add outstanding, unbelievable and drought to those banned words? Yeah, drought, you know what? I'm running out of things to say. So as a member of the media, Paramat, I've got to bring it up. I've got to bring it up. Keep the text coming in, 0457 736 736. Got a great prize to give away in the next hour of the program as well. Now... Grand final week, and both clubs have been very generous with their time in offering up talent. I don't know if you caught breakfast with Vossi and Brandy this morning, but the assistant coach of the Eels, Cameron Seraldo, uh, who's Bulldogs bound next season. You heard Anthony Seabold credit uh, their defence to Cameron Seraldo. Well, he was asked about the relaxed nature of the Panthers during grand final week. You've been around this playing group long enough, you, yourself and Ivan now. Um... Can you tell when they are absolutely on, like you've got no doubts they're going to play well, or can, can you pick up a training if they are a little off and you have to jump in? Are there, are there triggers there with, with your side? You say they're having a good week, they're training well, but does that mean fait accompli, good, you know, very good performance? Um, well, there's different times where you, you think, geez, they're jovial and things like that, but that's when they play their best. They're a different group. Um, you know, they enjoy each other's company. They enjoy having a laugh. They, there's a, such a good energy around these guys, and you know sometimes you think they're you know they're um, they're enjoying themselves too much, and that's when they play their best. So um, there's been a good energy around them this week. Their training is just a little bit more intense and and a little bit more fast moving. So um, that's been pretty cool to watch. But you know these guys they're really good at um, when the time's time to flick the switch and go into a warm up or the two minute bell goes for the game. They're really good at turning it on and just getting themselves into the zone. So that's been, you know, it's been pretty amazing for me to watch over the last few years. And, um, you know, they're all totally different. And that's been, that's been, uh, been really good that they've been able to be themselves. Yeah, they're pros, aren't they, Penrith? As Steve said, I mean, a lot of this squad have played together since they were teenagers. 
So you don't need to do too much different. He said you ramp up the intensity a bit, but you know, even if they're relaxed, sometimes when they have been relaxed during training, they, they come out and play their best football. You know, every time if there's a big win or big loss, it's this whole correlation causation argument. Was it because they trained well or was it because they were relaxed during the week? And vice versa. I mean, how many times do you hear us say, I can't explain that performance, a team gets pumped by 50. I mean, they trained the house down during the week. It was a wonderful training session. Didn't translate to the performance on Sunday. So make of that what you will. It reminds me, actually, I think it was Wayne Bennett talking about some of the good and bad trainers in his days at the Broncos. He said, Steve Renoff, he said, oh, terrible, just terrible trainer. Looked lazy, looked slow, wasn't getting into it. And he just said, hey, listen, coach, don't worry, I'll be right for the weekend. I'll be right. You know what? He was right too. So the key is for the coaches, knowing which need to be drilled, knowing which can, can run around in a more leisurely fashion because you know that they'll be right on that Sunday. 0457 736 736. Uh, what are you doing for the grand final? Who you got? Why are you going for Penrith? Why are you going for Parramatta? And what are you eating, more importantly? The big questions. What's in the grand final dinner? I'm going to ask Ads who's on the button tonight because he's a big Souths fan. So uh, you know, he's having a cup of regret even now. But I tell you what, I would love to have made five consecutive prelim finals ads. I would love to have made five consecutive. You see, I'm a long-suffering Dragons fan, as you know. If we could make one, I'd be thrilled. One. I mean, you made five. Parramatta couldn't make one for a long time. And now they've got it. And Brad Arthur. Isn't it funny the nice rap for Brad Arthur? With all the talk about last year, uh, Brad Arthur, I said, well, he, he needs a prelim to save his job. If he doesn't get a prelim, they might move on from Brad Arthur. And he didn't make it, but they quitted themselves well against Penrith in that semi-final. There's a game I think Reid Marnie didn't play. It was a Ray Stone who started to hook up. Very close affair. And they thought, you know what, OK, we've done enough, we've seen enough out of that performance, despite the fact we lost the eventual premiers, to retain him. And it's proved a masterstroke. The players like him. And here they are in a grand final. And, you know, this is a moment for him. It'll get the monkey off his back, get the monkey off Mitchell Moses' back in particular, who was recruited, as, as we mentioned, he wasn't wanted by the Tigers. And maybe there's motivation for Mitchell because the chat was that Ivan said, you know, thanks, you can pack your bag, you can look elsewhere. This is when Ivan's out the Tigers and the talk was that he wanted to try and drag his son Nathan over to the club. Well, that didn't eventuate. But he stepped up Mitchell. And the thing about Mitchell and the knock at him was always that he was a bit of a show pony, a great front runner, but, you know, in the grind he went missing. But he's grown a leg this year. If for this chat about a performance clause, I like it. I mean, you see it, these sorts of incentives build into to regular contracts. Salespeople, you hit certain targets, will you get a boost? Why can't the same be said for halfbacks? Who's the general, the key player on your side? Well, if he can win you a comp, well, how many halfbacks win comps? Not that many, only the very elite halfbacks win competitions. And if he does that, well, he certainly stamped himself as an elite player of the game, Mitchell Moses. 0457 736 736. Lovely story too on the day-to-day in The Telegraph today by David Riccio about Sean Lane. He's all the rage at the moment, Sean Lane. Was it Paul Crawley who said if he doesn't win Dally M back row or second row of the year, I'll I'll give it away? The problem is, Paul, is that, you know, he was great in the finals. Finals don't count. Do do you argue, though, with Nanai and Kikau? I don't think you can. It's a pretty decent back row. Hi, Julian. Michael from Dremoyne, hello to you, mate. Uh, our grand final meet is Garlow's Meat Pies and Gravy and Chips. Garlow's? Uh, hey, Michael, are you petitioning for a, a few free Garlow's? I love a good Garlow's pie because we know that they're thin on pastry and they're big on meat. And hello to you, Sean Garlick, and I a big fan of the station. Good luck to whoever you're supporting this weekend, Garlow's. See, so Garlow's, see, this is what it is. Meat pie and gravy and chips. Simple meal. Wash it down with a lager 
maybe if you're a red or white wine fan, that's perfectly fine too. What's on your grand final menu? Thank you, Michael. Garlo's meat. You know what? I'm going to petition for the like the southern fried chicken wings. Not the sort of it's what Sesame Street used to call sometimes foods. You have it every now and then. It's all right for a grand final, isn't it? Wouldn't have it all the time. Eight four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now six four nine's back in touch. Six four nine. Why are you so grumpy on a Friday night? I have a rule that if I am able to, I read out every text message within reason, as long as they're not rude and abusive. That I'll read out every text message that gets sent in on the program because if you take the time to text, I'll have to, time to read it. But he says, you Muppets better hope and pray that Penrith win come Sunday, otherwise egg will be all over your faces. I don't quite get that. Why will egg be over our faces? Are you suggesting that it's a, a Penrith bias or a Parramatta bias? I reckon we've been pretty even-handed. Oh, and, and to be fair, Brownie, who's a, who's a Panthers legend, he's been very even-handed. He does tip them to win, but most people do. You know why? Because they're thirty-five favourites. And one of the best teams in the modern era. Anyway, 649, uh, get back in touch. You haven't told me who you're tipping and who. Give me a margin. Your first try score out in your Clive Churchill medal is 649. Keep those texts coming in 0457 736 736. Try to, try to Tommy Radonikus. That chicka Ferguson, a great chicka on the wing too. Packed crowd there at the Sydney Cricket Ground. 0457 736 736. Don't forget to jump on that open line as soon as we hit 7 o'clock to have a crack at the grand final quiz. Grand final quiz, last person standing, some great prizes to give away. You're on a special grand final edition of Higher Ground across the SEN network. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, got a big show ahead in the next hour of the program. I'm going to catch up with Eels legend, the Zip Zip Man, Steve Ella. Uh, nicer bloke in rugby league you won't meet. And, uh, of course, he played in that 86 team. And the thing about it is, I might ask him too, I mean, Jack Gibson, the master coach, I mean, we talk about Wayne Bennett and how a lot of coaches have struggled to follow in his footsteps, and Demetrio did an outstanding job with South Sydney this year, but, you know, the Dragons struggled post-Bennett, the Broncos did, and certainly the Knights did. So I might ask Steve Eller about John Money, how he took them to grand final glory in 86 after, you know, the great Jack Gibson. I mean, what a shadow that casts. Of course, 86 and premiership drought and... Uh, you know, they're probably sick of getting phone calls, aren't they, that class of 86, about, oh, mate, the last time you won, there'd they'd be no one happier than them to see this Parramatta side throw the monkey off their back. But I'll tell you what, they got a hell of a hurdle in this Penrith Panthers side. And I'll catch up with a man who won the grand final win, the six on his jersey for the Panthers, Steve Carter, the most capped Panther, too, 248 games he's played for the Mountain Men. So I'll catch up with Steve Carter as well in the last hour of the program. Mary Kay from Ladies Your League, who's going to run awry over this really great game in prospect, the NRLW grand final between the Newcastle Knights and the Parramatta Eels. Now, jump on this open line, one 1170 because after the break, it is grand final quiz time. I tell you what, here's your teaser question. Who scored the first try in last year's grand final between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs? I'll give you a chance to look it up. one 1170 Jump on the line, play the grand final quiz now. A great prize up for grab. Who scored the first try in last year's grand final? If you know the answer to that, one 1170 to get in queue for the grand final quiz. Great prizes up for grabs. We'll put together a merch pack for you here on higher ground. one 1170 to play the quiz. Who scored the first try? in last year's grand final. Keep those texts coming in as well. 0457 736 736. Who you got? Who you going for? Where are you watching it? 
And what's on the menu? Give me Clive Churchill middle tips as well. One hour down, two hours to go. Great to have your company this Friday night at SEN 1170 Sydney. SENQ 693 in Brisbane. SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. And across the globe via the SEN app. You're with Julian King on Higher Ground. The quiz comes up next. You know what we might have to do? We'll bust out and at some point in the remainder of the show uh, a bit of Tina Turner, and we'll get some we'll get some anthem playing for you as well. The Parramatta and the anthem and the Penrith song as well, just to show that there's no bias here on the show. So best best of luck to both teams. Welcome back, second hour of the program, the special edition Friday night edition of High Ground with Julian King. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. That is the text line number, and the open line number. It's starting to fill up. If you want to have a crack at this quiz, call me now one three hundred. 01170. 1300 01170. It is grand final quiz and your chance to have a crack at a prize pack. Now, I did give out a teaser question just prior to the break. Who scored the first try in last year's grand final? Who scored the first try in last year's grand final? So I got 10. And I'll tell you what, if, if you can run the gauntlet, you're doing very, very well. I've got 10 questions. For those who get it wrong, just hold the line. I might circle back to you. 1300 01170. Still got a couple of lines available to have a crack at Jules's grand final quiz here on higher ground this evening. 0457 736 736. The text and that open line number 1300 01170. Shortly, I'll catch up with the great Zip Zip man, Steve Ella. Very much looking forward to hearing his thoughts as to how he thinks he's blue and golden and go against Penrith. I'll ask him too about the relationship between Parramatta and Penrith back in the 80s, whether it's different to how it's perceived now in this so-called Battle of the West. And he played with some great names, didn't he? I think Sterling, Kenny, Price, Cronin, hell of a football team, the guru. I mean, how would that side stack up against this Penrith side today? I know the games are very different, but on paper, do that match up well. Hello, Matt. Yep. Yeah, beauty. Hello, Matt. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. How's your Friday night, mate? What's going on? Uh, not too bad, mate. Just having a couple of beers, uh, prepping up for work tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yeah, good. I'm just counting down, mate. Two more hours and I have a not quite... It's weird without Friday night footy, I tell you. It's very yeah. weird. And... I know. I'm missing it. Hey, uh, who do you like Who do you like on Sunday? Uh, look, mate, I'd love for Parra to win. I'm a Bulldogs fan, but um, I think Penrith... Should just take it. If Parra play 150%, yep. no mistakes, no penalties, they'll get her. They need a lot to go right, don't they, Parramatta? Exactly. Right. Well, I got yeah, you, man. Sure. Give, us, uh, give us your Clive Churchill medalist. Oh, look, um, I think it's Dylan Edwards, mate. Getting a lot of love, Dylan Edwards. You know, unsung hero. Well, they say unsung hero, certainly not in, in Panthers territory. It's funny, I was out there on Tuesday and you know, you ask anybody, you think about this this great lineup of fullbacks we have in the game at the moment, you know, with Tedesco and Pappenhausen and Ponger and, and Latrell uh, and Trebojevic, and they wouldn't swap Dylan Edwards for any of those. You know, that, that's the regard in which they hold him. Great player. All right, mate, first cab off the mate, ring. It's it, unique as, as hell. And, and a decent fella, too. Tell me, Matt, who scored oh, the first yeah. try in last year's grand final? Oh, I couldn't tell you, mate. Oh. I tried to Google it before. I tried to get Google it. <laughs> All right, listen, hold the line there, Matt. We, we might circle back to yeah, you. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Hang no, on for there. sure. Hang yeah. on there. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Matt, I said, mate, no excuse. 
I've teased that question about five times. Who scored the first try in last year's grand final? If you want to crack at the quiz and a, ch- a chance at a great prize, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The grand final quiz is Friday night on higher ground. Let's go to. I think we have got Clint now. G'day, Clint. Good evening, Julian. How are you? Really well, mate. How's your night going? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Yeah. Yeah, you're having a few quiet ones. No, oh, isn't that funny? That that seems to be the theme every time. Oh, it's having a couple of quiet ones. <laughs> Can you stop it, mate? I'm I'm here on the water and I just had a banana. Oh, you're kicking back. <laughs> yeah, no, happy to help, mate. Uh, who do you like Sunday? Uh Panthers all the way. Are you a Panthers man, Clint? At least twenty. By twenty, okay. Who's who's your yeah. Clive Churchill medal winner? Uh, I think Cleary. Yeah, I know it's boring to say. I've I've got him as my Clive Churchill. No brainer. Yeah. You I know, know it's Ward, yeah. 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 But, you know, generally goes to those sorts of players, doesn't it? All right, mate. I think you might know the answer to this one. Who scored the first try in last year's grand final? I think it was Matty Burton. It was Matty Burton. Good man. All right. Question number two. How many grand finals, Clint, did Parramatta win in the 1980s? So running through the replays at the uh, moment on Fox footy. Four. Yes. Oh, 1981, 1982, 1983. They, they got dusted by the Dogs in 84. They didn't play in 85. And then they won again in 86. It's interesting because the, the last time the team won the third grand final they played in was Parramatta in 83. So no one's done it since. So if you're an Eels fan, you hope that trend continues on, on Sunday night as they play their third uh, Penrith. All right, just on that, I think you'll know this. Tell me which Eels scored two tries in three consecutive grand finals from 81 to 83. Uh, was it Brett Kenny? It was Bert. Yes, Brett Kenny. You know what? I don't think that'll be repeated. Steve Crichton's now going. He scored in 2020 and 2021, so he's hoping to score in three consecutive grand finals. But, I mean, Kenny did too. And funny thing is about it, too, Clint, looking at those replays, he had he had speed to burn, Bert. I don't think we appreciated how fast yeah, he was. Freak. Air freak, real freak. It was really sad. I remember, I don't know if you ever watched the footy show, but they had him on as a guest, would have been in the 90s, and they actually sort of had to solicit for work. You know, if anyone's got work going, uh, you know, contact us here. And I thought, yeah, what, what just... you know, what a, what a sad decline for one of the great players of our game that he sort of, you know, couldn't find his feet or wasn't looked after for whatever reason post-football. But he's a great player, Bert. Two tries, three consecutive grand finals against Newtown Manly and then Manly again. All right, question four. This is a bit trickier. Tell me, who scored two tries for the Knights in the 2001 decider against Parramatta? It was a forward. I'll give you that. It was a forward. Yeah. Was it Ben Kennedy? No, it wasn't Ben Kennedy. He, had a, he was probably the best player on the ground. Hey, Clint, hold the line, mate. We'll probably circle back to you, Okay. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Some lines available if you want to have a crack at the grand final quiz. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Who scored two tries for the Knights in the two thousand and one decider? Let's go to line number uh, two. Sean, I think we've got Sean on the line. G'day, Sean. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, Shorty. How's your Friday night going? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Finished work. Just pulling up at home now. Oh, good man. You know what? The other two have said, oh, I'm just having a couple of quiet ones. Have one for me. Who do you like on Sunday? Oh, uh, Penrith, mate. I'm a Penrith man, so yeah. Panthers for sure. Who's your Clive Churchill medalist? Uh, I think Dylan Edwards, mate. 
and they've got a um, got a feeling it might be Toho out in that left edge score on the first try. You know what? You know, people say it's obvious, but it's obvious for a reason because they do it so well. And Dylan Edwards, I'm just saying exactly to right. Clint, you know, I was chatting to a couple of the Panthers fans doing an OB on Tuesday. Uh, they wouldn't swap any fullback in the comp for him, not one. Definitely not. They love him. He's had a cracking season. He has, mate. All right. It wasn't Ben Kennedy. Tell me, Sean, who scored two tries for the Knights in the 2001 decider? Was it Billy Peden? Yes, it was Billy Peden. Nicely done. All right. Now, hey, I'm I'm glad you're a Penrith fan here, Shorty, because this is a great question for you. There were three Panthers in the 1991 grand final team with the first name... Paul. Can you name them? All three. Three Panthers in the 1991 grand final team with the first name Paul. Uh, Paul Clark? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's a good question. I'm trying to work my way through the side there. Uh, I'm struggling, mate. Paul Clark. Are oh, you disappointing me, mate? Great. Do you remember the 91 oh, right. decider? Oh, I do, mate. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, clearly. All right. Okay. Alexander. Yeah. Brad Izzard. I can't pull any more Pauls. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, sorry, mate. Sean, hold the line. I'll, I'll loop back to you. You can have a think about this. So you got Paul Clark. Let's go back to Matt. Let's go back to Matt on line three. Matt, are you still there? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. So we've knocked one off. Can you name the two others? There's three Panthers. The first name, Paul, who lined up in the 1993-1991 grand final. Was Did Paul Langmack continue with them? No, mate, he didn't. He was playing playing for the Bulldogs. Wasn't Paul Langmack? Yeah, I know. No, he was a He went famous, to another... Very yeah, he went to West after that, Paul Langmack. Oh, that's right. It was funny, West. He did, he did. Good man. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Hang on there for me, Matt. Oh, 1300 1170 we're stuck on this. Three Panthers with the first name Paul, who lined up in the 1991 grand final team. Can you name them? So far, we've got Paul Clark. We need two more. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's go back to line four. G'day, Clint. How are you going? Good, mate. Paul Clark. Who are the others? I think the winner uh, was Paul Smith. Yes, Paul Smith. Nice. And I can't get the third one. Oh, hang on. Um. He, mate, he's, he's played for New South Wales and Australia. He's, he's had a handful of clubs too, this bloke. He's played for Canterbury. He's played for Parramatta from memory. Might have been one or two others. Oh, oh. Nah, it's, nah, I can't get it. Oh. Hang on the line there. Yeah. Thank you. Shawnee, he's helped you out. Paul Clark, Paul Smith, I need one more. Front rower. Good player, played for a few clubs, played for Australia, played for New South Wales. You'll know him and you'll kick yourself, sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna. Do you want okay, I tell you, do you want do you want his initials? So Paul what? Paul Paul surname starts with D. I'm being very generous here. Done. Yes! Finally! We got it. Yep. Three Panthers yeah, with the first name Paul, they lined up. In the 1991 grand final team, Paul Clark, Paul Smith and Paul Dunn. Now, I've been teasing this question uh, basically at the end of the run home with Joel and Sock and then again on this program. Who won the Clive Churchill medal in the 2011 grand final? Manly defeated the Warriors. Ford? 
2011. Clive Churchill medalist. Manly. It wasn't Anthony Watmow, was it? It wasn't Chucko Watmow, sorry. Hold the line there for me, Clint. Let's go back to Matt. Hello, Matt. How you going, mate? Good, yeah, mate. You know this one? Yeah, it's Glenn Stewart. No, it's not Glenn Stewart, Matt. No. <laughs> you were very confident. All right, Sean, help us out here, mate. Wasn't Glenn Stewart. Wasn't Watmow. Was it forward, though? Clive Churchill medal, 2011 grand final. Played a lot of front row. Also played for the Dragons. Played for Penrith too, I'm pretty sure. Played for Penrith? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And in recent times, just found himself in a, I guess, a spot of bother, bother with the law. Uh, uh, no, Glenn Stewart's the only other one I can think of. No. So he played for the Dragons, oh. the Seagulls, and after that he played uh, over a couple of seasons for the Panthers. Uh, yep, yep. He's played, uh, yeah, he's played Origin. He's played for Australia. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. He's played for Penrith. Initials are... Am I being generous? That's going to give initials. Initials are BK. Brent Kite. Brent Kite. All right. We're getting there. Question seven. In the 1970 grand final... Matt. Sorry, Matt. Clint. 1970 grand final... Johnny Sattler famously played with a busted jaw. Who was a Souths player who kicked a record four field goals that day? Because back then, field goals were worth two, tries were worth three. So final score, 23 points to 12, South Sydney won. He's the field goal merchant, this fellow. Famous name in rugby league. Kicked a record four field goals that day. Eric, Eric Sims? It was Eric Sims. Oh, you're on a roll now, Clint. Maybe this all goes well for the Penny Panthers on Sunday. Question number eight. Name the controversial referee in the Dragons' 1963 grand final win over Wests. The reason I say controversial is, is a bit of mail that he'd had a punt on the Dragons to win. Jack Gibson actually played that game. Yep. Englishman. Oh, mate. No idea. All right. No hold idea. the line. All right, we'll get back to that. Thank you, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy three. Questions to go in the grand final quiz. Let's go back to... Are we back on Matt, are we? Let's go to Matt. Matt, can you help me out? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I can't help you there. <laughs> well, OK. The initials are DL. Of course, the enduring legacy that game to most... The gladiatorial image of, of Arthur Summons and Norm Proven. The rumour has it that this man... Initials DL, Englishman actually, allegedly stood to win 600 pounds if the Saints won the big one. What was the name of that referee? Oh, man, I haven't got a clue. All right, hang on for That's me, mate. way out of my league, that one. All right, mate, <laughs> hang on for me. Let's go back to Sean. G'day, Sean. What do you got? It's Darcy Lawler. It's Darcy Lawler. All right. Question number nine, multiple choice, two to win. Two to win, Shawnee. Which bulldog was Sinbin in the 1995 grand final? Was it A, Dean Pay, B, Terry Lamb, C, Darren Britt, or D, Simon Gillies? Who was Sinbin? Which bulldog was Sinbin in the 1995 grand final? Was it A, Dean Pay, B, Terry Lamb, C, Darren Britt, or D, Simon Gillies? 
I remember that was that was a game against Manly. Yeah, it was. And it was the famous seven tackle um, try that uh, Canterbury scored. Shinbin. Just before half time, pay Lamb, Britt, or Gillies. I'm going to go Terry Lamb. It is Terry Lamb. All right, now Shawnee. This is for the win, my friend. No pressure. Which two teams competed in the first ever drawn grand final in 1977? Which two teams St. competed? St. George's won. St. George's won. George and Cronulla. Oh, no, short. It's not Cronulla. I tell you what, hold the lot. Well, look, we might get back to you. We may not. We may not. You've done all the heavy lifting, Sean. We are back to Clint. Mate, yep. St George and who played in the first ever drawn grand final 1977? No idea. I'll have a punt though. Um, 77. St George and. I'm who saved me, uh, Cronulla. It's not Cronulla. Have a punt, Clint. Balmain? No, it's not Balmain. Oh, we are so close. We can smell it. We can smell it. We're back at Maddie, Mate, this is for the win. Yeah, mate. St. George and who competed in the first ever drawn grand final, 77. Is it? Is it Parramatta? It's Parramatta. Here we go. Congratulations, my friend. Hey, listen, you are the winner. I got one right. <laughs> you got one right. That's a matter, mate. You got the right one right. That's the main thing. As I say, it doesn't matter. It's a better yeah, team. Really. It's whoever's ahead on the scoreboard. Hey, good on you, mate. Well done, mate. We'll put together a prize packet. We'll get ads to grab your details, and uh, we'll pop that in the mail for you, mate. Well done. Nah, legend of a show, mate. I, I only just found this radio station. Probably I started work, got a company car probably a week and a half ago, and um, this station was on the radio, and I'm like, God damn it, this is my radio station for life. Well, you stick with us, Matt. Thank you so much, mate. Congratulations. You are the winner of the grand final quiz on the special grand final edition of Higher Ground. Uh, that open line number, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Commiserations to Sean and to Clint, but good luck to your Panthers, Clint, on Sunday. And keep the text coming in as well, 0457 736 736. Who are you tipping? Who do you like? Clive Churchill, medalist, and, and what's on the menu? What are you doing for grand final day? Now, we're going to take a break, and on the other side of this, I'm going to catch up with the great Zip Zip Man, Steve Vella, on High Ground. Yeah, I just This is Higher Ground with Julian King. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the open line number and the text line 0457 736 736. Well, every time the Eels make the grand final, or, or miss one for that matter, the premiership drought inevitably gets brought up. 36 years and counting since the 1986 team claimed their fourth premiership. In six years, they were the halcyon days for the club. And now Brad Arthur is seeking to emulate the likes of John Modi and Jack Gibson. One man who was integral to that success was their centre, Steve Eller. 93 tries in 157 games for the club. And pleased to say he's on the line right now. G'day, Zip. Hey, Julie. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm going yeah, very well. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you for your time. Look, grand final week for the Blue and Gold. It's a feeling that hasn't been experienced very often uh, in the past couple of decades. But as a man who's lived and breathed it, how are you feeling right now? There's a real buzz about the Eels. Oh, there's a good buzz about the Eels. There's a good buzz about the supporters. I know they're nervous. I know they're excited. But, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. It doesn't worry me too much. I've um, been sure a few times before and... Uh, 
probably more excited that we're, we're good chance to win the game. So that's and, and mainly for the supporters and, and for the club itself. Well, they match up well. He's beaten the Panthers twice this year. But look, there's... You can't escape that talk, can you, with the Premiership drought? I'm not sure Brad Arthur's talking too much about it, but uh, what are your memories of that golden period? Oh, look, it was just a wonderful wonderful time for us. I mean, when we first started, we were young blokes coming into a team um, that was, I suppose, had a couple of older heads in the team who uh, who took all the hard hits and uh, looked after us younger fellas. And we had a, a fairly good coach who um, certainly got the best out of all of us and taught us a little bit, a bit not only about life, but about... Um, how, to, how to conduct yourself, and uh, I think that was a, a major part. And, and he moulded a good, a, a good uh, set of players to be able to do what we did. What we did, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you mentioned their coaches because we hear coaches say that they don't do much too different in grand final week, and you stick to your routines. Uh, uh, what about the master coach Jack Gibson? What was his message to you during grand final week? Was was it something along those same lines? A- and John Money, for that matter. Yeah, it was one of the things that we that we were very clear on is that we didn't didn't change our routine because what, I know Parramatta in the in they run the uh, when they played in the grand finals in the seventies they uh, they changed their routine and went went uh, through Parramatta on a um, back of back of a uh, truck and and um, trying to support the supporters and whatever. But yeah, we chose that that's not what we wanted to do. It's around making sure that we're um, stick to what we normally do and make it as normal as possible and keep it as calm as possible. And, yeah, and not get too involved in much stuff or all the hype during the week and just and just concentrate on what your job was. Yeah, he was ahead of his time, wasn't he, Jack? Is it true that if, if you interrupted him, I think Ray Price said, if you ever interrupted him, he'd probably drop you. Is that right? Well, I wasn't going to interrupt him, so I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and John Marty, Price, he said he puts him on par. You know, we've seen historically how hard it is to follow, for example, in the footsteps of Wayne Bennett. John Marty had to follow Jack Gibson. How did he compare? I don't know if I'd put, I'd put John on par with Jack, but John was certainly a, a wonderful coach and certainly a, uh, a very good tactical coach and um, probably a little bit different to Jack. Um, but he certainly took on a lot of Jack's traits and um, certainly tried to, to mould the players that, uh, that Jack had already put in place and bring a couple of others in. So, yeah, he was a terrific coach and um, I think his, his ability to get, to get us across in, uh, in 86 was, um, was telling and beating, beating Bulldogs 6-4 in that grand final in 86 certainly was... Um, I suppose the hallmark to the coaching we got from John that year. You keep hearing this word dynasty. This Penrith side are building one of their own. Do you see commonalities between them and your side of the eighties? Yeah, in some in some aspects, they've got a um, they've got a good young side. They've got a terrific half back. I know we had a terrific half back. They've got a they've got a good fullback. Is a terrific worker. We have one of them. They've got a terrific lock. We have one of them. So yeah, they're um, they're very similar in a lot of ways. But I think Parramatta have got. Have got uh, they're matching those areas as well, so we'll, we'll certainly see on Sunday how, how that plays out. Interesting, Ray Price said, um, talking about that time, that everyone w- was so close, you all looked after each other and you do anything to, to help your mate. Is that the fundamental key to success? Well, I think we, we uh, have a good mateship and we still have that today because we still have our um, year of unions up the Gold Coast and um, get together and uh, yeah, enjoy each other's company and that's something that we're very proud of and it certainly helped us in our uh, in our, our time of, of when the game got tough. And you certainly dig in for each other and support each other. And I'm certainly sure these guys um, t- uh, on Sunday doing the same for each other. So um, hopefully if they're, if they're close towards the end of the game, they'll, um, they'll, they'll get across the line. Just on that closeness, this is that article on The Telegraph this week, Steve, that surprised many about, about Paul Taylor, who spent a bit of time living on the streets, and he said he kept it quiet. Were you, were you aware of that? Yeah, we we, we sort of knew that we tried to help him out in a lot of ways, and we certainly done our best to do what we can. But Taylor was very private. He was um, certainly 
tried to try to keep a lot of things away from us, and he was certainly embarrassed about what was going on. And and um, yeah, we reached out on, on um, the opportunity we had, and and um, we certainly tried as best we could. But mm. like Paul being Tazza being Tazza, he uh, he certainly um, wanted to do, do things his way, and and uh, didn't want any help at the time, and um, was probably embarrassed more than anything else. And uh, but he's he's got through that, and um, now we're uh, we can catch up with him on a regular basis. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun when we do because. It's only a, a, um, a, fun, a fun character to be around. It's great to see. You mentioned there Peter Sterling, and the thing about it is, and it's Blake Parramatta number sevens, hasn't it? Every time a new halfback sort of comes to the club post Sterling, they always get compared to him. You know, Sterlo, such a wonderful player, casts an enormous shadow. Uh, thoughts on Mitch Moses, Steve? Is he the man to guide them to break the drought? Well, the first thing is really hard to compare anybody to Sterlo because I think he was one of the best players that we've had. So um, what he did for us was, was enormous, and... Uh, uh, Mitchell Moses isn't a Peter Sterling, but he, he's certainly his own player. And he, he's, one thing Sterling like, didn't have was pace. <laughs> Mitchell got plenty of that. So they're, they're different type of halfbacks. Um, but they, they're both in a role where they've got to lead their team around the park. And he's certainly been doing that for, for Parramatta in the last uh, season. So um, we've certainly got a lot of high hopes for him leading us around the park on Sunday. Well, looking at this side, uh, not one player made the Daly M team of the year. To, some thought it was a bit surprising, but Coach Brad Arthur, you know, has been under enormous pressure from the media for, I guess, in, in years gone by, failing to take that extra step. And here they are. What has impressed you about how this team's gone about things this year? Well, I think they've just gone about what, about their business instead of trying to uh, impress other people. They've just done the job inside that they need to do. They've, they've done the job the coaches one of them. I know during the, during the year when they've lost games, people have been disheartened by it. Um, but you don't win competitions in in, in, in uh, July and August. Um, you've got to be there at the back end, and, and Parramatta are certainly there at the back end. And uh, I suppose one good thing about the, the coach is he didn't buy into all the hype around uh, his performance or the team's performance. He just looked at his job and concentrated on his job, and, and look, look where it's got him. So it's, it's worked for him this year, and uh, hopefully we get him across the line on Sunday. You had a number of great rivalries, obviously with the Bulldogs, with the Seagulls as well. What about Penrith? We hear this term, the Battle of the West. Were they viewed at the time, Steve, as little brother at all? Oh, I haven't looked at them as little brother. I looked at them as a, as a tough um, thing to play against because they were, um, I say, their neighbours. It was always tough games. And, um, we uh, we always struggled against Penrith, especially at Penrith. But um, the, the respect we have for them is enormous. I know the current team has a massive respect for the current current Penrith team as well. So um, they're, they're a wonderful team. They're led by a terrific halfback. Um, they've got some good players all across the park. So you can't you can't discount their ability. It's just we just need to be uh, on, on our game to be able to do them. Well, the demographics of the area have changed in the last three decades or so since you laced up the booster. Uh, we're not going to see Combank Stadium burnt down, are we, if the Eels get over the line? Well, that would be an interesting sight to burn Stadium down this Look, there could be a chance. <laughs> oh, the, the celebration. I'm from the area. It's just wonderful to see, though. Just you know, Everything was decked out in blue and gold. And, you know, I haven't seen it for a while, but it's it's a broad supporter base. And I think the NRL will be very, very happy if Parramatta were to get back in the winner's circle. Uh, was there a standout grand final for you out of the ones you won? Oh, probably. I mean, 81 always always really nice. It was the first one for Parramatta. Um, but the one I, I suppose stands out in my head is 82 because any time you beat Manly is a good day. Yep. And, um, you did it again, didn't my you? Wife, my, yeah, well, my wife's a Manly supporter, so, um, yeah, it's going to cause problems. <laughs> oh, you just, you just look up the guide, see when the replay's on. Oh, look at that, Dale. The game happens to be on again. I think it's on as we speak. Very funny. Well, my, yeah, well, my, my, my son-in-law and um, his kids um, looked at watching the Manly um, Parramatta 83 grand final one, and they, 
they um they showed the tackle where Graham Eady put me through the grandstand. So oh. I could be playing that, but a lot of enjoyment around that. Well, he's a big <laughs> unit, isn't he, uh, Wombat? Uh, how are things with you now, mate? Uh, you spent... Um what, a couple of decades, I know, working as a drug and alcohol counsellor. You were heading up Aboriginal Health, I think, at Gosford Hospital last time we spoke. How are things travelling with you, Steve? Oh, look, yeah, it works good. And it's, um, certainly enjoy the work that I do, working with our local Aboriginal community. And um, I certainly have a lot of um, good people in our community to, to be able to do some good work. And, yeah, it's just really enjoyable to go to work every day and do the work that we do and help people. All right, let's get a tip off you before we let you go. And a Clive Churchill medalist. Uh, Parramatta by how many? Oh, look, I think if, 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 we're, if we're close at the end, we'll get them by a couple of points, I reckon. So I think we've just got to be in the contest the whole game and, and um, yeah, we'll get them at the end. And Clive Churchill, I'll be, I'll be looking at... Um, uh, well, uh, Sean Lane's been terrific. Or, yeah, I'd like to see Sean Lane get it. All right, so power by two, Sean Lane. Uh, a lot of Eels fans would be very happy with that result. Steve, uh, very generous with your time. Thank you so much, mate. Hope all's well and uh, go to Eels on Sunday. Thanks, Julian. You take care. You too. There he is, the great Steve Ella. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. I hope you're enjoying this special grand final edition of Higher Ground, 0457 736 736. I just kept playing these, this hat-trick of wins by the Eels from 81 to 83. they just got them on loop at the moment on Fox League. Of course, it's been Newtown 81 and then back-to-back -back with the Eagles in, in 82, 83. Great to catch up with the Zip Zip Man. Uh, we'll pop that, we'll podcast that very shortly here on the station, just go to the website and, and as well you find that in all good podcast platforms. But Steve Ella, he's playing in this game. And what about that? His wife's a manly fan. He said, yeah, just every time they play, just flick it on. Yep, beat him again, Dale. Two years in a row. Any day you beat Manly's a good day. Uh, happy Friday. Looking forward to the Battle of the West. I hope the referee keeps an eye on the Penrith blockers. If they do, Panthers by four. If the refs don't police the blockers, Panthers by 20, says LB. <laughs> Either way, you got a Penrith win. Uh, Matt is back on the line. Hello to you, Matt. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, look, I, I look. I apologise. You know, I tried to be a bit, <laughs> a bit too cute, and I forgot to change the, the 11 back to 08, which is when Brent Kite won it. But uh, to, to Sean and to Clint, yeah. the other callers that didn't get on air, my apologies. I'll, I'll put my hand up for that one. No, nah, that's fine, mate. My mate was a Manly supporter, so I remembered it well. So, yeah, you know, the poor bloke, he's a Manly supporter. I feel for him. Yeah, so but, you uh, said Glenn's nah, didn't you? Good, yeah, 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 so there yeah. you go. So it was meant to be, Matt. It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, it was. I've got two out of ten, mate. It's your beauty. Like I said, you got the right ones, though, but Yeah, mate. So um, who do you reckon is going to win? Uh, I, I like Penrith. I, I'm hoping Parramatta win. I just think they're such a willow-old machine. This is a side, Matt, that are just so panicked, they're so unpanicked, they're uh, so patient. You know, they just do everything right. Yeah. I spoke to Anthony Seabold and he... He said, you know, it's all the one percent as the effort plays. Everyone does their job. It's, you know, name no game situation spooks them. You know, Lacorosau is so good yep. out of dummy half. He commits the markers. He buys Cleary time. You know, Edwards to all get their set starters. They're big meter readers. They're just a well-oiled machine. You know, and yardage and yeah. scramble. They just there's no mistakes and and all that play that comes off Isaiah. Yo. I mean, it's, they're a red hot football side. Uh. Yeah, too right, mate. I, I um, when I was watching against uh, the Bunnies last week, uh, you know, Bunnies took off twelve nil. Had a bit of pressure on them, and it still didn't look like the pressure was on them that much. It was just, you know, the Bunnies scored two tries. They still didn't look affected by it, and then. Yeah, you know, they got those two tries just before half time. I thought, yeah, see you later, bunnies. Yeah, it's all it. over. Well, they had a but couple disallowed, didn't waiting they? For their they're waiting for their chances to. Yeah, well, they had, that, that's right. They had a few uh, tries disallowed, 
and it's like see you later, bunnies. It's all over. And the other you thing know, too, because, like you said, the yeah. well-oiled machine, mate. And, and you're right. And, and this is the thing: you're up twelve nil, or, or whatever. You got a lead, and there was that play, and Campbell Graham dropped the ball, then took all streaks away. It's just mistakes. You know, you can't have that many mistakes for that many mistakes against a team as slick as Penrith. You know, so Parramatta in that first... Uh, Graham's had, like, as a centre, you know, like, he is a very talented player. And for him to do that, that means they've put the pressure on him. They've, they've worked him over. But, um, like, with Parramatta, mate, don't get me wrong, very well-oiled machine also, but they've got to... Oh, they can't leak any oil in this game on Sunday. Well, they got to sprint out of the yeah. box, don't they? And the other thing too, that that game out yeah. against um, against the Cowboys. I mean, they completed at fifty seven percent in the first half, and they somehow found themselves ahead on the on the scoreboard uh, going into the break. You know, if they're completing at fifty seven percent, turning the ball over on the halfway line or their own forty meter line against Penrith, they'll get owned. Oh yeah, yeah, no, nah. that that's the thing about it. Is, uh, Penrith are just. Yeah, they're, they're pretty much like the Storm, mate. They're professional, they're well-oiled, they're ready to rock, rock and roll. Yeah, and they know? transition so they well. They make a mistake, they usually make up for it. They're Most an 80-minute side. make a mistake, they lose. Yeah, they're an 80-minute side. They're, they're patient, make a mistake. Now, you know, they're, they're willing to, to get into the arm wrestle. You know, they'll, they'll if it takes them 80 minutes to win a game, they'll do it. They don't necessarily have to play off the park, but they, they back themselves. And then you got this Nathan Cleary kicking game, the best in the comp. You know, expect Wonga Blake. I'm surprised that the Cowboys didn't kick more to Wonga Blake's wing, to be honest. He spilt one. It's like they almost didn't go back there. Having said that, I'm, I don't know if you saw the stats in the telly this week, Matt, about uh, Wonga Blake, the second worst record under the high ball, but the worst is Brian Tor. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, I've always wondered why they don't go to Tahoe as much and more pressure on him. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a pressure player. He pulls it off, but give him a, give him a few more tests. I'm actually worried about Staines this week. Yeah. I think um, I think they're going to attack him big time and just leave Brian Tarr out of it. And the Ferrari. Well, Anthony Seabolt said in the first hour, you, you might test him with the high ball, but you know he, if he's Parramatta, he's kicking early to try and isolate Edwards. Yeah, I'd be going for Staines straight up. I'd be just into him, into him, into him. Yeah. You know, um, and Tarr, he's a pressure player. Yeah, you know, give him a few little jiggles. You might. I don't. I don't think he's the sort of player that'll um, let it go. So, I'd, I'd be into Stainsy. Uh, I'd be niggling down that corner all day. Keep it away from Dylan Edwards and um, Brian Toto, and just get it into that corner. Yeah, it's easier said than like, done, though, Matt. Like, like the Panthers did. Yeah. Like the Panthers did with Wacker Blake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's easier said than done, though, isn't it, Matt? Exactly. You know, exactly. Well, you know, you know what it's like, Matt, is it's like they're facing Shane Warne. They go, it's one thing knowing what he's going to do, so this <laughs> might pitch and turn, but it's another thing you've still got to actually play the bloody thing. Exactly right. I would have just charged a pitcher warning. I would never have stayed in my cruise. <laughs> just straight up and just either half pitch block or, you know, either it gets me. Yeah, you take, make, you, make you look a like a fool. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a beauty. Good on you, Matt, and uh, we'll get those prizes out to you. Thank you, mate. Uh, thank you very much, mate. Enjoy the show. Take it easy. Pleasure. one That is the open line number. We had Harry on the phone before he's dropped off. Harry, feel free to give me a call back, mate. one I haven't spoken to you for a while, H. I heard you on Jimmy's show uh, the other afternoon, but I'd love to get your thoughts on the grand final, uh, who you think is going to win out of Penrith and Parramatta, and your tips as well on the NRLW grand final between Parramatta 
and the Newcastle Knights. In fact, while we're talking about that, let's just run through the team list for the women's game, the NRLW, which kicks off 3.55pm on Sunday. You hear the call live right here with Matt White, Mary Kay, who will catch up in the next hour of the program from Ladies U League, and Jaleesa Apps on the sideline. So for the Newcastle side, the fullback, Tamika Upton, uh, the wingers, uh, Kiana Takarangi, and uh, Emanita Pucky. The centres are Shanice Parker and Bobby Law. The 5'8 is Kira Dib. The halfback, hasn't she been good too? Jesse Southwell. Front row is Caitlin Johnson. Millie Boyle, he's the captain. The hooker is Olivia Higgins. Uh, Romy Tietzel is the second row along with Yasmin Clydesdale. And uh, Kayla Romania is the lock. And on the bench, you've got Emma Manzelman, Taylor Predabon, Simone Carpani and Mackenzie Will. And for the Parramatta side, Gail Broughton, the fullback, the wing is Zali Faye. And uh, Cassie Tohihiku. The centres, Abby Church, has been named in the centres this week. Uh, she was good last week. And Rakea Horn, the 5'8", she's a good player. Ashley Quinlan, the halfback, is Taylor Preston, who's been good this season as well. The front row, Kennedy Sherrington, Ellie Johnson, the hooker, he's Brooke Anderson. Uh, Christian Peel, he's the second row, along with Ves- Vanessa Foliaki. And Samaya Toffa is the lock and captain on the bench. Philomena Hanisi, Sally Mailangi, Nevada George and Rima Butler. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the open line number. The text line, 0457736736. Want to know what's on your grand final menu as well? This is the sort of stuff that excites me. Uh, 081, Cowboy Kev. Good evening to you, my friend. Marinated chicken wings. Oh, yes. So chicken wings is good. They're easy to eat. What you need, Kev, is just that little bucket, right? So you smash it, bang, bang. The thing about the marinade is it gets a bit on your hands, doesn't it? It gets a bit sticky. And tell you what, you've got to be careful not to put the old Charlie stains on the couch too. But marinade makes a lot of sense. Are you a honey soy kind of guy? Or maybe like a herb and lemon? Either way, can't go wrong with the marinated chicken wings grand final dinner. Hey, uh, Kingy, uh, Curto from Livo. Hello, Curto. you got Panthers by 20. Uh, Dylan Edwards, Clive Churchill, he's been a very popular pick, Dylan Edwards. And smoked eel on the meal. Oh, poop para can wait another 36 years. <laughs> I love the parochialism that comes out grand final weekend. Love it. Keep it coming. Long may it continue. Thank you, Curto. Uh, keep those texts coming in. And uh, Angus is out at uh, Jimbo Dolby for a music festival. What sort of music's rocking there, Angus? Thank you for tuning in tonight. Avid Panthers fan, grand final will be shown here on a big screen, Penrith by two. That'll be good. I wonder what the, the good folk at Dolby and who they'll be supporting. You've got Edwards or Cleary for Clive Churchill. Metal Edwards' effort is often overlooked. Well, you know, people say that. They talk about him. Dylan Edwards has been unsung hero and the rest of it. But, you know, certainly Penrith fans don't think he's an unsung hero. Highly rated. Even Mal came out this week. You know, he's, he's down the pecking order because we just got this this wonderful array of, of class fullbacks at the moment. But he's in the conversation, Dylan Edwards. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, this Friday night is Finding You Well. Great to have your company. This special grand final edition of Higher Ground. A lot of texts coming through tonight. Keep them coming in on 0457 736 736. Uh, Want to know what you're doing? Who's your tip? Who do you like for Clive Churchill Medal? Where will you be watching it? And what's on the grand final menu? The open line number 1300 011170. Of course, uh, your best place to hear all the action on the wireless is right here on the SEN network. Tune into the SEN League. So the call for the men's grand final, Joel Kane, Timmy Manor, you'll be a nervous wreck, Timmy, and Brett Kamali. And then you've got the NRLW grand final with Matt White heading up the call with Jaleesa Apps and Sideline and Mary Kay.
Mary Constantopoulos from Ladies Who League will be my guest on the next hour of the program to run the eye over this game between her beloved Parramatta and Newcastle. Nice to see a couple of new grand finalists as well in the NRLW. And for Panthers fans, for the sake of balance, look, don't worry. The great Scarter, the most capped player in Penrith Rugby League history, Steve Carter, is on the road at the moment celebrating a belated 50th birthday with him and his lovely wife, Carla. They're out and about, but he took some time to chat with us. We'll catch up with Steve Carter in the final hour of the program. Two hours down, one hour to go. Looking forward to it. Only two more sleeps for the NRL Grand Final for 2022. We've got the Panthers and the Eels Sunday night at a core stadium. Stick around. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Yeah, good day, good day. Final hour of the program, special edition of Higher Ground this evening, a grand final edition. We're only talking rugby league. That's it. Only rugby league, two hours down, one hour to go. If you missed my chat with the Zip Zip band, Steve Ella, uh, we have podcasted that now for you. You can catch it on the website. Just go to scn.com. It should be on your favourite podcast platforms shortly. And coming up this hour, I'll catch up with Penrith's most capped player, Steve Carter. I'll get his thoughts on the match and what makes Penrith so good. It's when he get it, you know, he's got a feel for what it's like in rugby league in the in the area, in the vicinity. And this wonderful depth of talent they have, you know, looking to be the first team in history to win the four titles being Jersey Flag, SG Ball, New South Wales Cup. And then the grand final looks like the replayed him was trying to get this would be nineteen ninety one, of course, because nineteen ninety they went down to Canberra Penrith and they had that was the last year the Chalky Soldiers jerseys. Licorice, all sorts. There's Brandy running out looking sharp. He has an aged day, has he, Brandi, our good friend? And here come the Canberra Raiders. It was their third. They beat it Balmain in 89. They beat Penrith in 90. As I mentioned, there's a, there's a third grand final hoodoo that seems to apply to teams. So Canberra lost their third to Penrith. We had the Roosters that lost their third in 04 to the Bulldogs. Happened to Manly in 97 when they went down to Newcastle. Happened to Melbourne as well. They lost to the Roosters 2018. So it can happen. It can happen. So if you're a Parramatta fan, you're hoping that the trend continues because the last team to win the third grand final they played in was the Eels in 1983. Keep those texts coming in 0457 736 736. What are you doing for the big day? Where are you watching it? Who are you going for? Who's going to win? Who's at Clive Churchill? What are you eating? I want to know what's on your menus tonight. And happy to take your calls in the final hour of the program. 1300 0111. 70, and also this hour, catch up with Mary Kay from Ladies Who League to have a look at the NRLW Grand Final. Now, just some details for those that are going to the game. Of course, the NRL announced on Tuesday that this historic Battle of the West Grand Final between the Panthers and the Eels, as well as the NRLW Grand Final between Newcastle and Parramatta, sell out. Sell out. The last ticket sold shortly after the final general public allocation was released. Now, transport information for those listeners heading out there on Sunday. Fans, of course, are encouraged to use public transport with free public transport for the event at a core stadium. Gates opening at 1pm. This is via this integrated ticketing. Now, for full transport information, visit the Accor Stadium event page. Now, to get to the grand final from Central, you have express train services running every 15 minutes between 1 and 2pm. Then every 10 minutes from 2pm onwards from Penrith, 
There are limited stop train services that will run every 15 minutes from 1pm. Sydney Olympic major events buses are on. Sydney Olympic Park major event buses are on. Run on all nine routes from the Hills District, inner west, northwestern suburbs, northern beaches, Sutherland Shire and southern suburbs. Now, getting home from the grand final. If you're heading back to Central, you have express services that will leave Olympic Park every six minutes from 9.30pm until 12.30am. Services to Blacktown Limited Stop Services will leave Olympic Park every six minutes from 9.30 until 1am, stopping at Lidcombe, Granville, Parramatta, Westmead, Seven Hills, then Blacktown. And then the Penrith Limited Stop Services will leave Olympic Park every 15 minutes. Sydney Olympic Park major event buses will run on all nine routes to the Hills District, inner west, northwestern suburbs, northern beaches, Sutherland Shire and southern suburbs. So they're pretty good. You know, this is one of the few times where city transport tends to get it right. So plenty of buses, plenty of train services on, and that is the best way to get to the game via public transport. It's interesting just there on the day. You can do these things. You can test your kicking accuracy against all weather elements. They've got this kick simulator. You can also test your reaction time against the Fox Doshetto car. This is what they call a Telfast reaction wall. And there'll be samples from the Chemist Warehouse Wellness van. So if you're there, uh, check out what is happening in the area. And on top of that, uh, this is thanks to Telstra. Fans have the chance to get a photo with both the NRLW and NRL Premiership trophies in the trophy zone. And fans can compare themselves to the NRL players with a photo moment. And at halftime of the NRLW Grand Final, uh, make sure you're in your seat for the chance to win a Pinot Cruise. They might go, you know, uh, Double G, 27, Adam, hey, I'm the winner. Now, fan live sites. This is important for those that cannot get to the game that are in Sydney. As the match now sold out, Parramatta and Penrith are hosting live sites for members and fans who missed out on tickets to Grand Final Day. The Parramatta Eels live site, Combank Stadium, Eastern Grandstand. Combank Stadium, Eastern Grandstand, the live site, if you want to watch it on the big screen amongst the throng of Parramatta faithful. Gates open from 3.30pm Sunday. Now, this is a ticketed event. Members will receive information on how to access tickets, available via Ticket Tech. The Panthers live site, uh, watch the Grand Final, that's in the backyard of the Panthers League Club. Doors open from 1pm and you need to get tickets as well. Just go to the Panthers website. And for the NRLW, if you're a fan of the Newcastle Knights, uh, next NEX 309 King Street, Newcastle West uh, 3 till 11.30pm. The NRLW team, by the way, will return approximately about 10pm, so stick around to see them. And of course, as I said, on radio, this is your place to be. SEN, you hear the call live across the entire network. Uh, Joel Kane, Tim Manor and Brett Kamali with the call of the men's Grand final between Parramatta and Penrith. And then to the women's, the NRLW, you'll hear Matt White, Mary Kay, who I'll speak to shortly, and Jaleesa Apps. one 1170 Jace is on the line, waiting patiently. Good evening, mate. G'day. G'day, Jules. How you going, I'm mate? well, mate. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm OK. I'm going well. And thanks for all of that uh, information about the uh, NRL Grand Final. I'm, I'm, luckily, I'm going out there for the game. So oh, good on you. Good so, on you. Hey, did you get... Are you yeah. there with someone or did you just... One of those stragglers that got that random single seat, Jase? <laughs> well, as a, as a Warriors fan, yes. you you you, um, you know that... Well, you know pretty much halfway through the year that your team's not going to be there. But <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going... I'm actually going with my son. So my son's 21. Um, it's become a family tradition. So I basically get tickets every year um and it's just something that we always do you know it's it's one of those things and i know you're a massive sports fan too jules um you know i 
I remember everything from every every one of those grand finals. They're the best day of the year for us league fans. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's like better than Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, and and you've got to, you know, to see all of those magic moments that happen on that day, um, you forget a lot of things that happen during the years with certain matches, but you never forget what happens in the grand final. So that's, that's the main reason why I make sure that we go. And, um, you know, yeah, I love it. Good on it. So it's a grand final tradition. Now, how many have you been to with your son, Joe? Uh, since 2010, I haven't missed one. Um, so we you, went saw, you saw my dragons, did you? I wasn't there. Oh, I did, oh, yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> it was, um, you know, there was that bit of rain, wasn't it? Yeah, that there was. Second half. Yep. That, um, that, that, because the, the roosters were looking all right at half time, but... Um, you know, a lot of people don't remember that, do they? No. They actually were okay. At, they were leading. Well, I'll tell you something. They, I tell the story. They got in half time, and, and Wayne Bennett didn't give any big speech. He just said, do you want to win this? Because you're not playing like St. George Illawarra. <laughs> and that's pretty much all he said, Wayne. And they came out in the second half and, and blew them off the park. Yeah. How yep. good times. Yeah. No, that's right. And, uh yeah, so that's probably the main thing. I, I really love it. Um, we, we're going out for the uh, NRLW as well. I'm yeah, that'll be great. Looking forward to that. That'll be great. It'll be really great. I mean, most people have have Newcastle pick, but you know what? They said that about the Roosters last week, and Parramatta got them. Uh, Parramatta they only went down by I think a couple against Newcastle in the regular season. So this is not the mismatch that many are perceiving. Uh, hey, who does your son go for, Jason? Is he a Warriors man as well? Oh. Yeah, they say brainwashing is frowned upon, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, uh, I I got in very early and it's, it's a um, he had passage. very little thought. Yeah, can, can I tell you? I'm going to tell you because I, I got my son into the Dragons. Right, he's seven, but uh, as you know, we we spoke before. I live in North Parramatta, and uh, my wife says, "No, no, I think I'm going to go for the Eels." And guess what? My three-year-old daughter now apparently she's an Eels fan, so my wife has conferred conferred that uh, fan status upon her. I think I'm fighting a losing battle. So when she's old enough, I'll let her pick her own team. But as it stands, I think my wife and my daughter are para fans and me and my son are, are Dragons fans. Oh, well, yes. I, yeah, I know you're a local. And uh, yeah, that's one of the fun things, isn't it? Seeing all of the uh, blue and gold popping up everywhere. It's such a such a wonderful place to be at the moment. It here is. and probably Penrith yeah, as well. It is. You know, the funny thing is, because it's the first time I've really lived in a suburb that's hosted a football team. And I've never had that experience when they make a grand final. Just see how all the shops and all the businesses are, are adorning themselves with the blue and gold colours and, and you see jerseys and caps and posters. It was a really lively community-like atmosphere. You don't get it very often. I was out at uh, Peter Wynn's score just walking past the other week. Huge queues, huge queues. And uh, you remember Stan Jurd, who played for Parramatta in a couple of, a couple of years and, and for Norts as well. Stan Jurd was checking bags out the yeah. front, so I had a bit of a chat with Stan. He said the place was just buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. Yeah, no, I did see him actually. Yeah, I, I uh, actually work in Macquarie Street. So oh, do you? I, um, yeah. yeah, I go. Yeah, I do. So I, you know, live in North Para and work in Parramatta. So yeah, I got to. You're right. It's such a. It does. It, it really gets, um, you know, all the blood pumping because it's great to see all the fans out and about and everyone um, looking forward to it. So yeah. tell, so tell me this, Jace. Now, uh, who's going to win? Oh, look, my heart would... I'd love to see the Eels get up. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, for, to break the drought. But, 
they'd need to, I think uh, one of the callers earlier said, you know, 150%, you know, that have to play out. And, um, you know, the thing that I think of is that they, you know, they're not a young team. I mean, they're young, but they've got really experienced players. And, um, you know, I, I think the occasion, as long as they can handle the occasion, I think they're in with a shot. Um, but yeah, they need to, they need to play really well. But I hope they win. Yeah, it'll be nice too. See, I was going to head away this week and I might stay in town. The, the weather's not going to be too flash, but I'm almost tempted just to wander around the general vicinity uh, and get a bit of a, you know, soak up the buzz, so to speak. If I can get in early, find a seat, maybe the Lees Club. That's going to be a long, long day. Uh, no question. <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> All right, yeah, mate. Yeah. Hey, oh, I was no. about to say, normally those at home have been asking tonight what's on your grand final menu, but I suppose you'll be at the game, so it'd be a case of... Um, you know, whatever you can get, overpriced hot dogs and chips and the rest. Yeah, Billy's, Billy's pies. Billy's pies is the other one. Menu. Yeah, yeah, good on you. <laughs> Mate, that's lovely. I think it's a great tradition. I mean, since 2010, taking his son out to the grand final, uh, he's seen him grown up in that time too, and maybe that's something you know, I need to start with my son as well. Thank you, mate. Always good to hear from you, and uh, enjoy the weekend, won't you? Cheers, Kingy. You have a great night, mate. And you. Thanks for calling. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I mentioned a bit earlier, a lovely story by David Ricky about Sean Lane in the Telegraph today. So Sean Lane's emotional grand final promise to best mate Kurt Drysdale. So it's his best mate. He's very emotional about this, Sean Lane. Now, Kurt Drysdale, a promising hooker, his life changed forever, a tackle that went tragically wrong, and he said, look, the next time I visit him, I'm going with a premiership ring. How good would that be? Kurt can have selfies with the ring. That's the plan. I look back at how much Kurt loved football, how much he would kill to be in the position that I'm in. He's been a constant motivator for me. I love his family. I love him to death. I'll do whatever I can to help them out at any time that I can. So Drysdale's mother, Sonia, is basically she was crying down the line to the telegraph. She handed the phone to her son. And Drysdale said, it's, it's pretty special. Pretty special to have a mate that I know will be by my side for the rest of my life. So it's a really uplifting story. Really uplifting story. So the outstanding back row, he's playing against Penrith for himself, of course, and playing for his schoolyard best mate, Drysdale, whose life will never be the same following a, a catastrophic spinal injury while playing league in 2015 for Cabramatta. He's a really talented hooker, had the ability to make first grade. And now he's facing the rest of his life in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic with the aid of a respirator to help him breathe. But the fact that he can speak so positively, and you hear that in his voice, despite those ongoing challenges, is, is inspiring stuff. And in, for Sean Lane, you know, the timing of his best mate's life-changing tackle is is laid with, with all sorts of emotions. And they, they sketch it out here. I mean, imagine this, all right, imagine this. One week after you learn that your best friend since primary school has fractured his C5 vertebrae or playing Ron Massey Cup, you're told you're making your NRL debut. What's going through your head? And this happened back in June 2015. And then, of course, Sean Lane's career goes from strength to strength. You know, and, and it would be hard for somebody like Sean, you know, because he's his best mate. And, you know, sometimes you feel guilty about it that you go on, have a great career. He's playing the grand final. His mate, he would love to have been there, can't. And he said afterwards, we win. Get a photo with him in the, the grand final ring. It's a freak accident. These sorts of things happen. It's, unfortunately, it's, it's part of footy, but... It's a nice little story. He's a good player and he's in career best form, scintillating form, Sean Lane. And a few people that are asking about their Clive Churchill medal tips tonight. And, if, you know, Steve Ellis said, I'd like to see Sean Lane get it. 
I'll ask Mary Kay when I speak to her in about 20, 30 minutes here on the program who she likes for Clive Churchill Medal. So I think I know what she is going to say. 0457 736 736. Kevin from Wollongong. Hello to you, Kev. Uh, this is your grand final dinner, my friend. A barbecue chook, chips, six long necks of Melbourne bitter. Perfect. Can you still get it? Oh, my local bottlers don't have Melbourne bitter. I reckon it was very underrated. It's a better beer. It's a better beer than VB. Hands down. Thinks it's just a nice drinking lager. Good on you, Kev. Sounds like a very nice evening out. Barbecue chook chips, six long necks. That's all you need. The good thing about it is that Monday, it's a public holiday. 0457 736 736. Uh, who do you like in the weekend? What's in the grand final menu? What are you doing on grand final day? Where are you watching it? Tell us how you're going to be enjoying the festivities. Keep those texts coming in. A special grand final edition of Higher Ground. Just before we get to the break, you heard Jace talk about, about the Parramatta Eels. And uh, he says, you know what, they've got a fair bit of experience on the side now. We're lucky to catch up with uh, some of the stars of both Penrith and Parramatta during the week. And Vossi and Brandy caught up with the Eels captain, Clint Gutherson, who was talking about that very thing. I've made the point, uh, Clinton, congratulations on on making uh, your first grand final, that, you know, sometimes you talk about rookies, but there's a lot of you blokes at Parramatta, like Ryan Madison's played a grand final, Bailey Simonson has played a grand final, but... There's not much else. I mean, but you're not rookies. You've been around the block plenty of times. You're 28, Mitchell Moses and, and, and the like. You're not rookies. So how excited are you? Are you nervous? Are you worried about how you're going to handle things? Uh, can you treat it like any other game, Clint? Um, look, you're obviously going to get nervous. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You, you're probably um, uh, a couple of days after the game on the weekend, I started sort of thinking about it and, and taking it all in and um, I think you have to, as you said, there's only two, two of the boys that have been this far before and uh, with Matto and Timo. But, uh, look, we've been playing footy for a long time. A lot of the boys have played representative games and um, we hadn't got to last week either. So we, a lot of us hadn't had any experience with last week and uh, we just tried to keep it as normal as possible and uh, go to another level this week. But uh, you just got to enjoy it. Um, a lot of the boys that have been there before, um, from pe- previous teams have sent me a message and, and just said, you've got to enjoy the week. You've got to be smiling. Um, if you try and read into it too much, it's going to take a toll on you. But uh, I'm just going, going head first into it and, and enjoy the week. And um, come Sunday, you've just got to go out there and, and see what happens and, and hopefully it's good enough. But uh, we're just looking forward to getting our prep done, seeing what happens and um, just really enjoying the process of the week. So there he is, Eels captain Clint Gutherson. So he talked about the experience, how it counts for a lot. Yeah, you've got a couple of players in that side, being Ryan Madison and Bailey Simonson, who both have grand final experience. But guys like Gutho and the rest and, you know, Mitch Moses, they play a lot of footy now, played a lot of footy. So you can't imagine that this arena or this occasion is going to overrule them. 0457 736 736. We'll take a break on the other side of this. We're going to catch up with the most capped Penrith Panther player in history. He's on my screen at the moment wearing the number six jersey. This is the replay of the 1991 Grand Final. Their maiden premiership, the Panthers, where they beat the Raiders. I'll speak to Steve Carter. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Well, they're building something at the foot of the mountains into their third consecutive grand final and, and no doubt channelling the spirit of 2003 and 1991. My next guest is the Panthers great. He's the most capped player for the club, having pulled on the jersey 248 times. He played in the victorious 91 Premiership defeat of the Raiders. I'll speak to Steve Carter. He's on the line right now. G'day, Steve. Yeah, good afternoon, Julian. Uh, we find you in Townsville, I believe. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're on a bit of a road trip, mate. We um, planned a, a long trip for our 50th birthdays, my wife and I, two and a half years ago, and we all know what happened there. So um, yeah. that was postponed, and we took the alternative to travel the countryside. The Leyland Brothers style. I'm very jealous, mate. So hey, where are you going to watch the grand final? We'll be in Palm Cove, just north of Cairns. And, um, oh. yeah, it's going to be nice and relaxing. Catch a big fish and watch... Um, the big dance that was that night. Stop it, mate. You, you're making us jealous. You're at the races today. How'd you go? Did you back a winner? I was close, but oh. <laughs> we're all close, mate. As my late grandfather would say, miss is as good as a mile. Mate, grand final week for the Panthers. You know the feeling. Uh, it's a different feeling in the air when your side's in the big one, isn't it? It is, mate. Um, this uh, team, they've started really not building something they've just they're continuing on really from what they've done they're probably a bit stiff in that first grand final and and now we see them fingers crossed to um really go on with it they're a decent football team aren't they third consecutive grand final for this squad uh, you know how hard it is to make one let alone two and they're in their third uh, what is it can you pinpoint it something about this team that that makes them so good that just makes them so dominant I just think it's a combination of the development over like a number of years leading into this period of time. They're just um, the recruitment. Jimmy Jones has been there for a long time. Has really um, made um, got good results in bringing through young local players in the local clubs. So that, along with Gus's um, intervention early on, I, I, and now they've just got a really stable squad and. I can't see it falling apart, mm. really, to be honest. Well, obviously, their value goes up, so they're sort of casually going to have to let a few more go when, they, when their values rise. I know Kickhouse going next year and Happy as well. But, you know, Jerome Luai talked about how this squad is a real homegrown, homegrown squad, Steve. 14 of the 17 are local juniors. And now knowing the area, knowing the club like you do, what is it that they get right, well, I guess, when it comes to funneling local talent into first grade and that perhaps other clubs don't? Because you look at them, I mean, the depth is phenomenal. Four titles are going for. They've wrapped up flag, they've wrapped up ball, the New South Wales Cup, and now they're trying to get that fourth on Sunday night. Oh, so just a credit to the development and the whole um, front office, mate. It's just, it's quite unbelievable how strong they are. And as I say, it looks like it's going to continue into the future. It's Back in our day, there were some players who left the area and went on and played with other clubs and went through the net. But now, there's, there's not a real good player that you see bob up in another club. It's it's quite phenomenal, the development. And, um, yeah, they've just got it together. How would, how would the 95... Sorry, the 91 side stack up against them, you reckon? Oh, we'd probably put 20 on them. <laughs> No, um, no, it's a different era, and you just can't yeah. compare the different um, eras. That this this side, as I say, the only way you can compare eras is how they deal with their opposition. And um, this this mob of group of people are um, dealing with the opposition is pretty pretty uh, full. So uh, we we probably would be probably behind them in that department. I, yeah, but you can't compare. Um, oh, you mentioned their opposition Parramatta have beaten. You lot twice this year. Of course, you got the chocolates the last outing, but uh, they match up pretty well, don't they? Um, what are the dangers for the blue and gold? Mate, I've got a son-in-law who's a mad Parramatta fan, and I've got one of my best mates who's a mad Parramatta fan. So, um, and I despise them, to be honest. <laughs> personally. So, those two victories, they got Penrith at good times, to be honest. Um, everything lined up okay, and I think it's a little bit of a myth that people are getting on the bandwagon, but um, if Penrith played to their ability, Parramatta had not a chance in hell.
Well, uh, it's a bold statement. Is there much made of a rivalry back in your day about this this battle of the worst that we hear about? There is, yeah. We, we were the little brother, the poor brothers, um, further out west, and not treated as fairly from my perspective. But um, now the um, the shoes are on the other foot, and Penrith, um, rightly so, is the dominant um, and more senior uh, football club. So it's a different different landscape we're looking at at the moment and it all goes back to the development and the professionalism that the club overall and all the staff not just the players have really I went out earlier this year and just just talking and into relating with the different people within the club they're just so professional and focused it's yeah, it's pretty impressive it is uh, just about all of them, and even at this young age, they're experienced, but they're still young, Steve, and they've tasted grand final success. They they lost one before they won one uh, when they went down to that storm side in 2020. You lost one in 1990, won one in 91. Uh, tell us about Gus, his approach, his message, and how you turn the tables on the Raiders. Yeah, well, it was a good mix of a side back then, a little bit of a different sort of situation as far as the team goes. We had some older players retiring, like Royce, um, and some older people, Cole Vandervoort, Brad Izzard, Greg Alexander was getting on in his career, and you had the likes of myself, Freddie, um, and some younger players coming through who thought it was all very easy at that time. <laughs> um, however, those older blokes um, realised how hard it was to win a premiership in that, that competition, so... It, it, it's a bit of a different scenario because this team are sort of a younger group coming through in, way, in a similar way. Um, and, uh, but back then, looking back uh, as a young fellow, it wasn't easy. And, and that was a... The, played in 90, 91 and then never really got close to another grand final. So um, after eight years of after grand final um, success... I realised how hard it was to actually achieve those sort of um, results. Mm. Very hard. Now, was it true that prior to the grand final breakfast 1990, the boys maybe maybe had a couple more than they should have, and Gus was particularly unimpressed, uh, suggested you may have dropped the grand final and then flogged you at training this afternoon. Confirm or deny? Yeah, there's a fair bit of truth in that. There was, <laughs> as I say, some young, <laughs> young exuberant people who got very rarely got put up in expensive motels. Um, so when you get that opportunity as young people like Freddie from the West and myself and, uh, and Paul Smith, uh, you really make the most of it. Um, and the likes of Chris Mortimer um, <laughs> and Royce were in bed earlier. And, um, but we got probably a bit carried away and a fair bit of regret there. But it is what it is. We can't change it. But, yeah, Gus dealt with it. But we come up short that year and um, that may have been part of it. Mm. Let's get a tip from you before we let you go, Steve. Uh, Panthers, by how much? And, and who's going to be the Clive Churchill medalist? Yeah, I just I just think um, Penrith by 14-plus. And I really think Nathan Cleary, um, they're all talking about what they're going to do to him and shut him down and all this bullshit. It won't be happening. He's, he's got too good of a pack in front of him for that to happen, so... Cleary for the uh, Clive Churchill medal. So Cleary, Clive Churchill, comprehensive win to the Panthers. Uh, thank you, mate. Uh, thank you kindly for giving up some of your time on your on your road trip to Townsville. Enjoy the game Sunday. Not a problem. Take care. Bye. There he is, uh, the great Panthers legend, Steve Carter.
From Steve Carter, Panthers by twenty. Panthers by twenty. Uh, Rooster Mars before the break. G'day, Kingy. I hope you're well, mate. I couldn't give a rat's who wins on Sunday. I'll be watching at my cousin's 60th bash, just around the corner from my joint. Well done. Free beer and kegs and a pig and lamb on the spit. Stop it. You're a dollar one to win the Clive Churchill Medal. Too short for my backing, Rooster Mars. But sounds like you had a great day planned. Enjoy, mate. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll talk NRLW with Mary Kay. Yeah, I just This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Look, I doubt she's going to have any fingernails left by the end of the weekend. Not only will the Eels feature in the men's grand final against the Panthers, but they take on the Newcastle Knights in the NRLW grand final. So it is shaping up to be a big Sunday for the Blue and Gold. Uh, our dear friend Mary Kay from Ladies Who League will be part of the coverage here on Sunday on SEN for the women's grand final alongside Matt White and Jaleesa Rapp. She's on the line right now. Hello, Mary. Hello, Julian. I was going to say, forget about the fingernails. I'll probably start on the toenails next. <laughs> uh, I'd imagine you've been dressed in blue and gold for the entire week. Is that fair? I have been. And I have to say, my big, 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 big boss at work is also an Eels fan. And given you, hey, have you got time off? Have you given you time no, off? No, well... What? No, I don't think so. We're just not, not super... We're not trying... We're trying to be like, keep a lid on it a little bit, Jules. But I was going to say, he showed up to a meeting the other day in his Eels jersey, and so did I. So we were swimming. <laughs> it was great. And he's also banned the wearing of any Penrith mm. jerseys. He said it was Jersey Week, yeah. but only for Parramatta Eels fans. Yeah, I think that's entirely reasonable. As they say, you don't, oh, you know, don't change your routine in grand final week. Now, look, it's good to see, isn't it, in the women's two sides who didn't feature the year before in the decider. And it speaks, I suppose, doesn't it, to the depth of the competition. In fact, the Knights and Eels, from memory, finished last and second last, and, and here they are. That's absolutely correct, Julian. And I think for two teams that didn't make it last year, and particularly the Knights, who didn't win a game in their inaugural season, they've recruited really well with the likes of Millie Boyle and Tamika Upton. And the Eels have just snuck in as well. So great for the competition and I think is a, a great sign for those newer teams that have entered the competition. You mentioned they're Upton and Boyle and Boyle's in career best form and you think about how they've showed so much faith to Newcastle in this, this prodigy, this sensation, Jesse South. Well, uh, what does Parramatta have to do to, to keep them and indeed the rest of the team quiet? It's funny, Julian, because a lot of focus was on Parramatta and the fact that they only won that one regular season game. Now, that is absolutely true, but I also think it's a bit simplistic. So the Eels lost their first game against the Roosters. It was a heavy loss, 38 points to 16. And then the Eels changed around their halves pairing, lost to the Dragons by six, to the Knights by two, to the Titans by two, and then beat the Broncos. So the last time that these two teams met, there was only two points in it. So I really give the Eels a chance here. We spoke about Millie Boyle. There's also Caitlin Johnson, who is really the engine room of that Newcastle Knights side. 
and you've also got to work to shut Jamaica ups and down. She was incredible last week, and that was even after missing two games due to a calf injury. Mm. And the other thing, too, about Parramatta, Mary, they come into this off the back of two high-pressure games. Firstly, against the Broncos to make the semis, and then again against the reigning premiers, the Roosters, who everybody assumed would win comfortably. So, you know, like, you're absolutely right. Forget about the one win. They won the big games when it mattered. I think also, Julian, I wonder whether there was an element of pressure for that Roosters side. Let's be absolutely honest. There would have been very, very few people giving that Eels team a chance against the undefeated Sydney Roosters. They were playing with house money last week and we saw their best performance. I don't think it will quite be the same this weekend, but I think the Eels still will go in as underdogs and will just have the opportunity to play their best footy and see what happens. Well, they might as well throw caution to the wind because they're overwhelming favourites, the Knights. But just having a look at the changes, um, Tiana Penitani has been given every chance to, to overcome that quad injury. Uh, Dean Witt is the coach. He's playing Abby Church. Uh, she was strong last week in the centres. Uh, Kennedy Charrington, Brooke Anderson also been named in that starting side. Are you happy with those changes? Yeah, I absolutely am. And Abby Church and also Rakia Horn. I wanted to shout out to those two players because they were responsible for marking up on Jess Sergis and Isabel Kelly last week mm. and I thought did an outstanding job. Abby is also a paramedic on the side and I just noticed her wincing in pain on the weekend. She suffered a bit of a rib injury but continued to play through the yeah, game. They She's hurt. an extremely oh. tough competitor. Yeah. Oh, people ask why I don't play footy. Exhibit A. Yep. Um, but yeah, Abby was extremely strong and I'm very happy with that change. And Kennedy Charrington... She's a vibe. She really brings energy to that team, so I'm glad to see her starting. Uh, I've been impressed, I have to say, with Ash Quinlan, the 5'8". She's got a sort of a real composure about her game. Yeah, she does, and I thought she was really effective against the Sydney Roosters, just poking her nose through the line. And also her halves partner, Taylor Preston, who she didn't know before the season started. She was putting up some wonky old kicks last weekend, but they were certainly getting the results. But what I will say is that I felt like the Roosters showed a lack of urgency when getting to those kicks. I don't think we can expect to see the same from Tamika Upton this weekend. So what I need to ask you, I won't ask you tips because I know who you're going to tip. So let's just say Parramatta in both the women's and the men's by how much? So I've been pretty consistent this week. I've said Parramatta to win the women's by six points Mm. with Samaima Talfa to take home the Karen Murphy medal. And then in the men's, I know that Parramatta Eels team, they leave you guessing right to the very end. So they're going to beat the Penrith Panthers by four points. And Sean Lane is going to take home the Clive Church. He's had a lot of love this week, Sean Lane. A lot of love. He's a good unit. It's funny, I was reading the Telegraph today. They're interviewing some of the, the junior coaches that Parramatta side. And they said, Lane, just in one year, grew about a foot. <laughs> they call him the drive. He's a, he's a big unit, but he's in scintillating form, and they'll need that if they're going to knock off the might of the Panthers. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight, Mary. What's in the agenda for the weekend? Uh, obviously, you're, you're calling for us alongside Matt and Jaleesa on Sunday. Now, you've got a, a solitary seat for the men's game. Is that right? So, I for the men's game, I will be with my mum. So, we've got two seats together. My dad and brother will be in another section of the stadium. My godfather will be in another section of the stadium. My partner will be in another section of the stadium. <laughs> and win or lose, I'm heading straight back to Church Street for one hell of a party. Yeah, it's going to be a party. I might even see you there amidst the thousands of the blue and gold faithful. Don't wash those lucky socks either. Thank you, Mary. We'll catch you Sunday. Thanks, Julian. There she is. Mary Kay from Lady Sue League and part of our coverage here on SEN.
Yeah, but a lovely human being. Wouldn't it be nice if Parramatta did the double? You take any of them, but that would be a, a beautiful way for the Blue and Gold fans to finish off the season. No, 457-736-736. Gaza, Macquarie Field. Uh, hi, Julian. I remember the 1981 grand final halftime entertainment. Great idea, the jet band, but didn't go to plan. <laughs> what was I'm trying to think the year. There's a couple of mishaps. There was um, the parachuters that missed the roof at the SFS and, la- sorry, missed the ground and landed on the roof of the SFS. And then do you remember the year, well, an Optus were, were major sponsors of the tournament and you had that television. The sides were meant to flip down and release a whole host of balloons, but one of the sides came clean off and hit the deck. And all you could think was, gee, lucky no one's standing under that. And then in more recent times, of course, Billy Idol coming out in the hovercraft and he started off with a bit of wedding, white wedding. down, 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 down. You're sweating on some power. I love my footy. Here's that purse lip thing. What an anti-climax. The funny thing is, he didn't sing and he was still better than Meatloaf. Good luck to your teams on Grand Final Day and, and what are you eating? Want to know what you're eating? Now, uh, they've got this 1991 Grand Final up on the big screen at the moment. Now, before I come in here, I chatted to Joel and Socky on the run home. I'm a bit late to this, so sorry, Sugar, if you're still tuned in, because I did say I'd give it a run. He said, all right, push this hard on the program, so I'll do it now. The JJ Gilton Shield. What we'd like to see, we saw it with the Parramatta Grand Final wins a bit earlier. If you're the minor premiers and you win the grand final, do a lap with the JJ Gilton Shield. I like it. I like it. Let's bring that back. And they just showed before it was a try, a little bus by Brad Clyde. He threw a ball to the uh, to the left winger, Matt Wood. He scored two tries that game. Matt Wood scores. And the minute he scores, they cross back to the Canberra Raiders Leagues Club. I didn't know if they'd stopped that. Joel doesn't seem to remember it. So let's see a lot of that in the coverage, whatever the coverage may be. Channel 9 on, on Sunday. So every time somebody scores, if Parramatta score, cross to the Paralegs Club, see them jumping up and down, waving their streamers. Likewise, if Penrith score, you know, you've got cameras fixed on Panthers and see their supporters jumping up and down going nuts. That's what we want to see. For me, that is grand final coverage. It's going to be weird without rabbits behind the microphone as well. There's a nice special too on the Nine Network tonight about rabbits. So you can, if you're tuning into this program instead, well, firstly, you made the right decision. And secondly, you can catch it up on replay. 0457 736 736. Just looking at some of the numbers here. Nathan Cleary this year, three tries, 17 try assists. Average kick metres, 474.1. And his conversion rate, 86.8. He's going to get his, he's finally going to get his kangaroos jersey. Not a moment too soon. And I'm a big fan of DCE. But it is certainly a changing of the guard. Now, Matty Johns, you might have caught him on this morning with Andrew and Webby. Interesting, I don't know if you caught some of his predictions or, or tactical breakdowns in the News Corp papers. And he's talking about defensively, if I were Penrith, the primary goal to eliminate the opposition's attacking strengths. Parramatta strength is playing through a defence with footwork, smart one-metre passes. Their short passing has been a feature this series. Look at Regal, Cam and Gillard's two tries last week. Yeah, they just, Reed Money just fed him the ball from dummy half. Yeah, whenever a power player runs into the defence line, the outside defenders as a collective must close in rapidly, particularly when it's Mitch Moses. Then on Dylan Brown, understand most times it won't be the man in front who'll make the tackle, it'll be the inside defender. And that defender needs to be tight and aggressive. Then he says, defensively, if I were para. And I mentioned there his average kick metres, Nate Cleary, 474.1. And Matty John says, well, if you focus on Cleary's kicking, if para can force Cleary to have a poor night with the boot, they almost certainly win. And we saw that, didn't we? Kick pressure on Cleary in Origin 1, and it worked. The Eels can't give him the time he had in week one of the finals. Those dead ball bombs from 50 out are match winners, that's true. Slow play, the ball's late in the count, cut down his time, that's obvious. But think about how you cut down his time. 
Teams rush kickers from inside as opposed to outside because they don't want to give the kicker a numerical advantage and an incentive to run the ball. So what he's saying, Matty Johns, around the halfway area, I'd give Nathan the incentive to run on, may cause indecision. If he does decide to run, it's the lesser of two evils. Well, it's bold, but you've got to be bold. They've got to be bold if they want to win this Parramatta. And then power on attack, you know, their blueprint, power running, short passing, more direct. You know, as Anthony Seabolt said in the first hour, get the wingers to stand wide. So then the defensive players, the, the opposition wingers, also have to stand wide in defence. It just creates a bit more space when they come back inside. If you get the guys pushing through, because Parramatta, if they dominate post-contact metres, they inevitably win the game. So that's what they do. Quick ball, second phase play. That's what they need to do. A lot of short passing works well. Then for Penrith, well, he says, Matty Johns, Parra have been telling us they want collision. They want to defend aggressively. Use that against him. Isaiah, yo, clever ball playing. We know how integral he is to their attack. Makes the Eels' defence sit rather than rush. Gets his fellow forwards in one-on-one tackles. And just like Dylan Edwards did a couple of weeks back, you frustrate the Eels' middlemen, getting the outside backs to lead the yardage. And they do that so well, don't they? So well. Edwards, to, or, you know, to a lesser extent, Charlie Staines, who hasn't played a great deal this week. But Taylor May, you know, after all this hullabaloo about his suspension, oh, you don't want to let the fans down and conserve it next year. Well, he... <laughs> You know, I heard Joel say earlier, and I think he's right, if, if you had any inkling that there was some kind of niggle for Taylor May, wouldn't you have just taken the two then? Actually, you know, we'd rather take it now because he's, he's not playing anyway. He's not playing anyway, and then you have full freight for the start of next season. It is going to be a beauty. It is going to be a beauty. Oh, I don't know. Look, oh, it's you can't tip against Penrith, can you? Any given Sunday, as they say, but on form alone, it's Penrith to lose. And they will win. Their second grand final, consecutive grand finals. It's so hard to go back to back. And as I said, you know, those that are playing their third grand final inevitably lose. We've seen it with the Storm, the Roosters. We've seen it with the Bulldogs. We've seen it with the with the Manly Seagulls as well. And the last team to successfully win their third grand final was the Parramatta Eels back in 1983. Maybe that's an omen for the Blue and Gold. There's a real buzz around the joint at the moment, but it's going to be a beauty. And this is the grand final the NRL wanted. It is the heartbeat of rugby league in Sydney, Parramatta and Penrith. This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Well, that is us done a dust of this special grand final edition of Higher Ground this Friday night. Thank you. I hope you've all had as much fun as I have. Thanks to our great bevy of guests, Anthony Seabold, to join us in the first hour of the program to, to talk tactics. The key takeaway from me is he says, if I'm Parramatta, I'm kicking early. I'm kicking early and I'm trying to trying to land the ball, as they say, what did Jack Gibson say? Kick it at the Seagulls. Land it somewhere away from Edwards and try and isolate it if you can. Tactically, that's a good approach. You've got to come out the blocks early. Parramatta, thanks also to uh, Parramatta legend Steve Zip Zip Manella. Uh, he likes his team. He thinks they can get the job done blue and gold. Good to catch up with him. And the most capped Panther, Scarter, Stevie Carter, 248 games for Penrith. He says, look, Penrith will win it easily. All this talk about Nathan. They can't shut him down. He's too good. Penrith, 20-plus. And Nathan Clive Churchill medal, that's what he likes. Mary Kay from Ladies Who League, who gave us a good preview of the NRLW Grand Final between Newcastle and Parramatta. Thanks to Adam as well on the buttons. And to Matt, our quiz winner, our Grand Final quiz winner. Just before we go, a really good article by our friend and colleague Andrew Webster in the Herald, and he talks. he's talking to Brian Smith, actually, about, 
you know, not having ever won a grand final. Our dear friend and colleague Tim Manor says it doesn't really haunt him the way it does somebody like Hindmarsh. And he goes back to that 2001 grand final where Joey, who was on with Matty this morning, said he thought his side had the ills measure at the grand final breakfast when the players looked spooked and Brian Smith said to the Johnses were the masters of playing psychological games and I decided the breakfast they were gagging and laughing we were deer in the headlights and it's funny it's funny how they put that down to that and, but Nathan Hindmarsh is not they carry on about the breakfast nothing we could have done differently for that grand final that would have changed the result you win some you lose some who is going to win on Sunday night will it be Penrith their second consecutive grand final win in three consecutive years. Or Parramatta, can they end a 36-year drought? Wait and see. Very much looking forward to that. Get all the coverage live right here on SEN. I'm Julian King. Thank you, everybody. Friday night. Have a great grand final weekend. I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.